And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone and welcome to OBS Talk Show Presents. My name is Keith Williams. I am your host. And today we will be going over a very important case, a case that obviously have gotten super attention nationwide. And this is concerning the disappearance of Carlithia Russell, better known as Carly, and uh, who of course was uh, presumed missing on last Thursday, July 13th. And this has been an ongoing news story for the past week. Now, as you may know, uh, this is Saturday, July 22nd. It's been exactly one week that Carly was, had appeared, uh, she came home uh, in her residence, um, safe and sound. Uh, that was a week ago. And so now we have, uh, the storyline is, is that the Hoover Police Department is trying to piece together uh, what happened within those, uh, the 40 hours or 49 hours or so uh, that Carly was presumed missing. And so with that being said, we have a great agenda for you today. And, um, I am going to pull that up. It should be under the, it should be under the events tab here. I'm gonna to go to my uh, page and see if I can pull it up. Oh, we do have an event page here. And I left in the discussion, the uh, agenda that would be uh, presented today. Okay, so, so here's what the agenda is looking like. We're going to do a recap of events of Carly Russell's disappearance. Um, we will comment on several press conferences that took place with the Hoover Police Department. We'll have segments of coverage from local TV stations. And we also would play some video from um, some national uh, news sources as well uh, that I feel that are very important to uh, this reporting. And we will also have an article from a blogger here in Birmingham. And this article uh, is a direct rebuke from people who are involved in a lot of jokes and memes and speculations and pretty much harsh criticism and judgment that's been going on on social media ever since uh, this case was brought to the national spotlight. Um, of course, there'll probably be some questions uh, that would be presented because we are streaming live on Facebook um, as well as being on uh, Zoom as well. So we're doing a, a dual 
live stream uh, today. And so we know there are going to be uh, questions. Um, and right now I cannot see any questions that will be uh, posted on Facebook. Uh, at the uh, while I'm quite sure that's going to be uh, questions. And so this is pretty much the agenda that we're going to follow today. And I will do my best as host of this podcast to strictly follow this agenda. So we have a lot to cover. So what I'm going to do is, is share my screen here. And we're basically going to because I, I have a I have a folder here on uh, I have a folder here on my computer and um, it's contained all of the particular uh, articles and videos relating to the Carly Russell case and so I would be referring to that folder uh, if you can follow me here so I'm going to click here and these are all the articles here. Now notice that the majority of these articles are from local coverage here in Birmingham uh, because uh, Greater Birmingham area is considered to be the place where it happened um, supposedly on I-59 in the Hoover area. And um, there is a couple of um, so we got videos, we got articles, we got the whole nine yard here, uh, here. And then at the top, I have uh, this, um, you know, article from a blogger here in Birmingham. Of course, I would do that last. Um, so we're going to follow the agenda here. And I also have a couple of articles from uh, the Today Show, the NBC News, program that comes on in the mornings. Um, this is, uh, the reason why I have them on here is because uh, uh, Carly's parents, Carlos, uh, Carly's mother and father were on the Today Show with the interview. So, and I have that interview on here as well as an, uh, a well-known uh, fast going news outlet is called News Nation, used to be called WGN America, but they sort of changed their format to a news station. So, and it's called News Nation. Um, not sure what they based out of us, probably Chicago, I don't you know, I don't know. But um, anyway, um, this is pretty much the agenda that is set forth for this podcast. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of this matter, let me throw out some disclaimers. And I have to do this because you probably won't have some people that are watching this or going to be watching this. They're going to be kind of acting kind of rowdy. So I need to throw some disclaimers and some, um, some ground roots here. So first, here's the, uh, the, the, uh, the disclaimer. Now, some of what you're going to hear is being presented by 
the Hoover Police Department, as well as credible news sources. And these are facts that are given to uh, the public by uh, the Hoover Police Department. Okay. And that's going to be distinguished between the comments that are going to be made here versus the facts that's already been given. So I hope that you'll be able to distinguish the two. The facts that are given from these sources here versus my commentary or my comments in reference to the information that has been given here. That's number one. Number two, let's not make this out of a man versus woman gender kind of thing because that's not what it is. We are simply providing an update and information to the public concerning the Carly Russell case. And it would be very professional if people uh, do not have a conversation about gender in this feed. Um, that is not what this is about. This is clearly an update on the Carly Russell case and quite frankly, understandably, uh, people are concerned and really want to know what's going on and they're looking for answers. But let's not make this out of a male versus female kind of thing because that's not what this is about. Uh, thirdly, you know, I want to point out that on social media, there has been a lot of rumors that have been circling around, a lot of speculation, as well as a lot of jokes and memes that's been going around as well. OBS News and its parent company, the Australia Broadcast Section, would not participate in any of those type of activities. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read the official statement um, that was written for this event. I'm going to see if I can find it. Okay, here it is. OBS News and its parent company, the Australia Broadcast Section, were not engaged in any speculations, means, jokes, harsh judgments, and criticisms, or incredible sources. We will present the facts as being presented by the mainstream media for, an, for analysis and examination as any news outlet has done. We will entertain questions on the case as related to the facts. However, any irrelevant comments will be deleted and participation in the live feed will be revoked. Um, that is the official statement from OBS News and its parent company, the Australia Broadcast Section. Now, I understand that you are concerned and I understand that you're looking for answers. And we hope that for those of you who have not been following this story, that you will know exactly what's going on. So everything I'm about to give you is based on what has already been put out. And this is basically for those who, whether you've been following the case or not, or if you have no clue of what's going on, hopefully that this podcast will give you an opportunity to do that. 
So now we have the disclaimers and the house rules out of the way. We're gonna go ahead and get started. So the first thing that we're going to do is go over the timeline as to what happened in that 49 hours that Carly Russell uh, disappeared. So we're going to go there first. And y'all excuse me for all these windows being open. And we're going to go over to the timeline of everything that's, that's happened. And this article is coming from al.com uh, here. We'll get to the press conference in a minute, but right now we're going to uh, go over the timeline that took place in the 49 hours that Carly Russell uh, disappeared. Okay, so according to this timeline, this is coming from AL.com, that pretty much everything started on July 11th, according to this timeline. Okay, this is two days before Carly Russell disappeared. According to the, uh, the Hoover Police Department, when they did their press conference, a couple of days ago, it was this past Wednesday, uh, they noticed that uh, Ms. Russell was uh, using a computer, some say it was her work computer, uh, to look up certain terms, and what uh, certain terms or certain phrases. And on this time, like we look on July 11th at 7.30 a.m., two days before Russell disappeared, she searched the term, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert? Okay. Now we're gonna fast forward to about two days. Okay, this is on July 13th. At 1.03 at a.m. on the day of her disappearance, Russell searched the term how to take money from register without getting caught on rigid. Um, for those of you who don't know, rigid is rigid is kind of like a, a QA type thing, like coral or something where people ask questions and they and people they go on and they 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 answer those questions. Okay. Uh, a little bit over an hour later at 2:13 a.m. That same day, the term Birmingham bus station was searched. Okay, moving on. Then at 2.35 a.m., a search for a one-way ticket from Birmingham to Nashville was conducted. It has not been confirmed whether or not she had actually purchased the ticket, but when the, the feds have uh, did an analysis on her phone. This was one of the searches that was done on Google. A one-way ticket from Birmingham to Nashville. 
Okay. And at 12.10 p.m., Russell did a search for the movie Taken starring Liam Nielsen. Of those of you who do not know what that uh, movie is about, it's pretty much about, you know, uh, it's a family man that, you know, whose uh, child was, you know, abducted. And he was trying to figure out a way to get the child back safe and sound. So that was another search that was done. Okay, this was at 12.10 p.m. on July 13th. Okay, on that same day, it was still on July 13th. Russell left the Wood Spa, Woodhouse Spa at the summit, which is off of 280, Highway 280, where she worked at 8.20 p.m. Surveillance video showed that Russell concealed a dark color bathrobe a roll of toilet paper and other items belonging to the business prior to her departure. She ordered food from Zikaki's at the Colonnade, reportedly picking up the order, order up as the restaurant was closing at around 9 p.m. Uh, Talithia Russell, who is Carly's mother, uh, was engaged in a phone call at 9.19 p.m. Said to leave the restaurant and heading to Hoover, uh, where she lived at home, she lives with her parents. After leaving Colonnade, police said, uh, this is Hoover police, Russell stopped at Target on US 280 and bought some snacks, granola bars, Cheez-Its, crackers, and a drink, okay? And that's her picture, and you you can look at some of the pictures, don't mind the ads, okay? And Russell remained in the parking lot of that shopping center, the Colonnade Shopping Center, until 9.21 p.m., where she drove to I-459. And I believe the way that you get to that neighborhood that is mentioned is that you have to go on out exit 10 on I-459. That's the Hoover Bessemer exit. That's the Hoover exit. That's the Hoover Bessemer exit on uh, Alabama Highway 150. Okay. Now at 9:34 p.m. Thursday. This is Thursday, July 13th. We're still on July 13th. Hoover 911 received a call from Russell stating she has had seen a white male child about three to four years old walking on I-459. She made a call to her brother's girlfriend at around 9.36 p.m. Uh, they said that, uh, you know, that, the toddler was, you know, walking about. Um, I don't believe, can't believe they use football terms. Uh, a length of six hundred yards or six football fields. Uh, that's the equivalent to about a third of a mile. And she was seen over at Highway Marker Eleven. Russell, who was seen driving slowly with her flashers on for about a half a mile, 
or the shorter I-459 stopped at mile marker 11. So roughly that was about a third of a mile. Um, pretty much, you know, where you see the, the Hoover Bessemer Alabama Highway 150 sign and, and another half a mile, you'll be at the exit. Okay, so this was between the Galleria and Alabama Highway 150, which at that point, if you could continue to go forward towards that direction, it's roughly another half of a mile before you get to the actual exit. Okay, her brother's girlfriend reported hearing Russell scream. The phone line remained open, but nothing more was heard but interstate traffic. And mind for you, though, there is a lot of traffic on 459. And the reason why for that, most particularly, is that either you live out in that area or you're trying to avoid the, the downtown traffic in Birmingham. The way I-459 is situated is, is that it is a loop around the city of Birmingham. That's how whenever you see a, a three-digit Whenever you see a three-digit uh, interstate number, if it's an odd number, if the first number is an odd number, that means that that particular highway is going to actually go in the city. Like 359 goes directly to the city of Tuscaloosa from 2059, right? But if the number is an even number, like a two, four, six, or eight, that means that that interstate is going to go around the city. It's called a spur, S-P-U-R. Normally those type of highways was built to supposedly to deviate traffic on the main interstates going into a major city. Um, that's why they are commonly uh, built. Okay, moving on. Officers soon arrived and found Russell's red Mercedes still running, but no sign of a toddler or Russell herself. Police found Russell's wig, her phone, and purse near her vehicle. Her Apple Watch was in her purse. Okay, the food that she ordered from the restaurant was still in her car. The items purchased from Target, as well as uh, the items that were supposedly or allegedly have been taken from our place of employment was not in the vehicle, nor it was located at the scene. Russell told detectives that while traveling down the interstate, that she saw her baby walking down the side of the road and called 911. When she got out of her vehicle to check on the child, a man came out of the, you know, of the trees and mumbled that he was checking on the baby, according to police. The man then picked her up and, and then she screamed. Uh, then he made her go over the fence. He then forced her into a car and the next thing she remembered is being in a trailer of an 18 wheeler. She stated that the male was with a female. However, she never saw the female, only hearing her voice. She also told the detectives that she can hear a baby crying. Okay, this is still on July 13th. Uh, it roughly took the uh, Hoover Police Department 
three minutes. They got there within three minutes time uh, to check on the situation. 911 operators tried to call her back, but got no response. A statewide lookout bulletin was then issued for a possible abduction. Um, now, mind for you though, because she is over the age of 18, they don't do Amber Alerts for anyone over the age of 18. Uh, Amber Alert is normally for a minor under the age of 18. And so in this case, they have what's called a, a, an Ashanti Alert. Uh, those are for adults. And if a senior is missing, they'll put out what's called a Silver Alert. Okay, now on, we now turn to July 14th. Family members search for Russell in Hoover aided by police and volunteers. Okay, now we're going on to last Saturday, which was July 15th. Russell's family shortly before 7 p.m. Saturday, this was last Saturday, July 15th, reported that they had received a call from her family saying she was at the Red Roof Inn and that stadium. Uh, I think that's all on Highway 31, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is like very close or not too far from Interstate 65. And Talithia Russell later told Fox 6 that news that this was a terrible hoax. Okay, so we don't know who made this report that Carly was seen at the Red Roof Inn at 7 p.m. on Saturday. So we have no idea who made that call or reported that. Okay, hours later at 10.44 p.m., Hoover 911 received a call from Carly's residence saying that she has returned home on foot. A large crowd was in the streets as first responders arrived. Um, so basically, from the time that she disappeared to the time that she returned home remains a mystery. We don't know exactly what happened. Between the time that she was missing, which was roughly about 9.34 p.m. on July 13th, up until 10.44 p.m. on last Saturday, July the 15th. So we have no idea what happened. So that's roughly about 49 hours. So we do not know what happened between that time. The police was later notified and they returned to her home. Okay, at 11.02, PM, a dispatcher noted Russell was en route to UAB hospital. The taser was able to obtain a brief statement at the hospital. During the interview, detectives noted that Carly had a small injury to her lip and she complained of her head hurt. She also had a tear in her skirt. Detectives also noticed that she had $107 in cash in her right sock. Now, mind for you, though, uh, when this bulletin came out on the night that she was missing, for those two days, you had people from all over central Alabama, they came out and looked for her for those two days. Um, I was one of those individuals that came out uh, to, 
to volunteer to search for her. And I actually went to the spot where uh, Carly was apparently disappeared. And based on you know, what I saw, um, the, the, the area that, that supposedly be uh, woods, it's not necessarily a woods per se, it's more like a steep embankment. It's kind of difficult to climb that steep embankment at night uh, because basically you have a significant amount of trees and wigs, uh, twigs rather, and the embankment is so steep that you can't really see where you know, you're going. And, uh, and also too, there was no, like any type of disturbance within the vegetation. And you can tell if someone actually, you know, went through there, the, the vegetation, the, 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 the plants and the weeds and the grass would be disturbed. There was no evidence of that. Okay, now let's go to July 16th. Okay, she was released on Sunday, July 16th at 6 a.m. after being brought overnight for evaluation. At 1.05 p.m. the same day after Russell arrived home, her murder released a statement on Facebook asking that people respect their privacy to allow us to just love on our daughter and each other. That's what he said. Mother thanked those who aid in the search. Just as we made a com commitment to not entertain negative thoughts during the time of our daughter was missing, we surely will not entertain negative thoughts and statements, unvalidated opinions, or sheer ignorance at such a joyous time. This statement continues. Our police said at this was at the, um, this is what, uh, at 1.53 p.m., uh, the police uh, continued gathering and evaluating evidence in this case. Okay, let's move on to July 17th. Crime Stoppers of Metro Alabama on, on Monday, this is Monday, July 17th, reverse course of hours after announcing that more than $60,000 was raised and reward money for information that led to her safe return will be returned to donors. We don't know if that have actually happened. At 4.01 p.m. on that same day, police said that they have no evidence that she was being followed when she disappeared. We'll get to, uh, there's two press conferences that that was mentioned. We'll get to those in a minute. Okay, let's move on to Tuesday, July 18th. This was two days after Carly Russell returned home. The only interview Russell's parents gave was to the Today Show on Tuesday morning. It was two days after Carly returned home. They said speculation about what happened was upsetting Carly, but declined to say what Russell told them when she came home, citing their ongoing investigation. 
Carly has given detectives her statement so they can continue to pursue her abductor, her mother said. This was during the interview on the Today Show. And asked if they believe that uh, they was asked by the reporter whether the abductor was still out there. And her mother responded, absolutely. There was definitely moments where she fought for her life. There was moments where she had to physically fight for her life. And there was moments where she had to mentally fight for her life, her mother said. The Woodhouse Spa at the Summit Shopping Center in Birmingham, where she works, said employees have been deeply impacted by the events that transpired, but are now ecstatic with news of Carly's return home. You know, in other words, it was very happy to, you know, to be at home. You know, when you're working for an employer like that, you have a tight niche uh, co-workers and something like this happens, you're rightfully are concerned and you want her to be safe, right? So that's why, and they was very happy that she came home. At 9.02 p.m. on Tuesday, July 18, police said that they have learned Russell bought snacks at Target on U.S. Highway 280 before she vanished. Okay, let's move on to July 19. This was the actual press conference. This was the first press conference. Okay, at this press conference, police said that they had no evidence of any threat to the public. Okay, so that's pretty much, okay, so that's pretty, so that's pretty much, uh, so that's pretty much the timeline. Now, um, That was on a Wednesday, so uh, that that was on Wednesday. So uh, this was the time that they had the actual uh, press conference. So, okay, so that's the timeline. That so that's the timeline that took place. Now we're going to go over to the press conference. Uh, that took place at uh, Hoover Police Department. Uh, let's see here. When I was 25, I was a drug addicted loser. I was depressed. Couldn't afford I my measly 270. All right. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the Frank and, uh, and Pam Bearfield Training Center. I'm Captain Keith Seskaleba, that's spelled K-E-I-T-H-C-Z-E-S-K-L-E-B-A. Now this, this is the, the press conference that took place. Uh, this, this was the press conference that took place uh, on the 19th, uh, July 19th, that's a Wednesday, that's three days ago. Uh, so this might be, it says two days ago uh, when it was posted on, YouTube, but this was actually uh, three days ago. Police Department, joining me at the podium today will be Hoover Mayor Frank Brocato, spelled B-R-O-C-A-T-O, and Hoover Police Chief Nick Derzis, spelled D-E-R-Z-I-S. You may also... Okay, so uh, that's the, uh, the police chief on the right 
with the uh, pink jacket on and uh, the captain in the, the Hoover Police Department on your right. And on the left is the Hoover mayor. Also here from Lieutenant Daniel Lowe, spelled L-O-W-E, of the Hoover Police Investigations Division. Mayor Bercato will make a brief opening statement and then Chief Durzis will read a prepared statement. After Chief's statement is complete, there will be an opportunity to ask a few questions regarding this investigation. Keep in mind that this is still an ongoing investigation, so there may be some questions that we cannot answer. With that, I will turn it over to Mayor Bercato. Thank you and good afternoon for you all coming today. You know, six days ago, our community learned about the disappearance of Carly Russell and it sent fear and pandemonium, not just through our city, but uh, the entire state and the nation as well. The media quickly joined us to get the word out about Carly. Our community sprung into action and they organized search parties, arranged prayer vigils, they took other steps that I'm not even aware of to help in this situation. The Hoover Police Department quickly rallied multiple partner agencies, stopping at nothing to find Carly. I'd like to take this time to say thank you first to the Hoover Police Department, our partner agencies, our wonderful community, and to all those that aided in some way in connection with this situation. As the days have gone on and more information has been shared, we know everyone has questions. The Hoover Police Department is known for being very methodical and thorough with their investigations. For that reason, we did not feel comfortable speaking in detail publicly until now. It is important that we share this information now so that our community can be put at ease. So it's a standard operating procedure that, you know, whenever you have an abduction or a kidnapping situation or a hostage situation or you know, any type of major dispute that you do not prematurely go out and say, okay, this is what happened, A, B, C, and D. Uh, you have to have some type of, you have to, has some type of information, some type of evidence to kind of put uh, pieces together. And so the uh, police was right in doing what they have done to make sure that they are thorough in the facts and they got all of the information necessary to make a solid report on what happened. So at this time, I'll turn the microphone over to Hoover Police Chief Nick Durses. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Thank everyone for being here today. Besides me, stands the team who played a significant role in this investigation. I want to thank our department, members of surrounding local law enforcement agencies, the FBI, Secret Service, United States Marshals, and ALEA for their assistance in this case. We said from the evening of July 13th, our focus would be the safe return of Carly Russell. That occurred on Saturday, July 15th, approximately 49 hours after she called 911 and disappeared. From that point, our focus has been to determine Carly's whereabouts during that time and what exactly took place. Let me say up front, this investigation is not over. 
We're still working this case, and we work in this case until we uncover every piece of evidence that helps us account for the 49 hours that Carly Russell was missing. However, through the public interest, and in some cases, public fear that this story has generated, we owe it to our citizens to tell them the facts that we have uncovered. So I will give you the facts that we know today. On July 13th, at approximately 8.20 p.m., Carly left work from a business at the summit. Surveillance video from her place of employment shows Carly concealed a dark colored bathrobe, a roll of toilet paper, and other items belonging to the business prior to her departure. And notice that they use the word concealed and not stolen. Because I think at this point, they, uh, it's, it's safe to assume at this point that they have not talked to uh, her place of employment yet. Uh, so conceal or allege is kind of like the terms that being used here. So for the purpose of, uh, of this press conference, they use the word steal because, I mean, uh, conceal, excuse me, because they have not confirmed that the items uh, that she had was actually from her place of work. She ordered foods from Tzatziki's at the Colonnade and traveled there. She then traveled to Target on 280, where she purchased some granola bars and Cheez-Its. From there, she remained in the parking lot at that shopping center until 9.21 p.m. when she drove to I-459. Carly communicated on her cell phone with individuals known to her while on her path of travel up to the point of calling 911 at 9.34 p.m. And at this time, we will play the 911 call in its entirety. Excuse me. So they are waiting to play. Hi, I am on Thursday 459, and there is a kid just walking by themselves. Oh, hold on, hold on. Where, where I'm from? Sorry. Um, um, I'm right next to this exit, exit 10 by the cover bed, like to get off by the cover bed. Okay, so you're before that exit? Yes. Okay, were you, you headed southbound or northbound? They're white. Okay. 
is a male or female? I think it's a boy, a little boy. I'm right now, okay. So is he wearing clothes? Yeah. Okay. What is he wearing? Um, it's a white t-shirt, and it doesn't look like he has any pants on. It looks like a diaper. And you don't see any cars anywhere? No, no cars anywhere. Okay. All right. What's your name? My name is Carly Russell. And you uh, I'm going to stop right here for a moment. Uh, she mentioned that the toddler is like three or four years old. Uh, and this person, this toddler was wearing a diaper. I don't think in that, uh, you know, in that case that it, and sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But, you know, most of the time, uh, a, a three or four year old child will probably be uh, in the process of being potty, potty trained or actually uh, potty trained already, especially if that child is going to a, a daycare or, uh, or pre-K program, they, they want your child to be party trained already. So I kind of find that, you know, kind of strange. But uh, then in some cases, you do have a three or four year old that is started late in, you know, party training. So, and I think that's one of the things that the police have found strange as well. So we'll continue. I don't see any injuries on the shop from where you're at, correct? No, no, but I can't really see the nudges. Okay, try to keep an eye on them for the best they can because I don't want you to really track them. Um, okay. And normally, too, when you have a lost child, you know, like that, um, that child is going to be, I don't know, hysterical, crying, maybe stationary probably not going to do too much wandering because uh, the child is not going to know the surroundings. And I could imagine that, you know, this child is like extremely scared. It's like at night, it's close to 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, all you can hear is the, the traffic going on I-459, that a major highway of, that would literally scare a baby, of course. That would scare a toddler. That would scare a small child as well. All right, and you not? No, not that I can see. I can't really see that one. Okay. All right, I've got them on the way. Okay, just try to stay, keep an eye on them, but officers are on the way. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, that's the call. It's called a relative after speaking with the 911 operator. She went missing during that conversation sometime on 36 p.m. Traffic camera footage was obtained, which depicted this portion of the incident, and that footage was analyzed as part of the investigation in conjunction with the 911 call and cell phone data to accurately determine the time frame. Carly's 911 call remains the only report of a child on the interstate. 
despite numerous vehicles passing through the area at that time. Now, normally in those cases, if you have a case like that, uh, where a toddler is on the side of the freeway, I would think that a lot of people beside her, you know, would be stopping. That's kind of like huge when you have a toddler in the middle of uh, nowhere, according to this person, that is pretty much stranded on the highway. I think that there would be like multiple cars that uh, would uh, stop and see what happened. And plus you would hear in, in that 911 call that you would hear a child crying in the background. And so in that case there, there was no, you know, there was no, uh, there was no child crying in the background of that 911 call. No one has called to report that a child is missing and the Hoover Police Department did not locate any evidence for the small child. Now, normally when that happens, you know, whenever a child is missing and, you know, they, uh, and there's evidence of a child being missing, uh, you would have the 911 call and then an Amber Alert would be, you know, issued. Anybody knows that, that they have a phone, uh, you get Amber Alerts. So if that was the case, this phone would have been lit with an Amber Alert that a child was missing. But according to the Hoover Police Department, uh, they determined there was no evidence of a small, small child or a toddler being at the scene. Out, walking down the interstate. Data from Carly's phone, including her Life360 app, shows that she traveled approximately 600 yards in her vehicle while she was on the phone with 911, stating that she was following a child, 600 yards. That is six football fields straight, 600 yards. Okay, the 600 yards or six football fields is equivalent to a third of a mile. Uh, so according to what they're saying, you know, Carly was basically saying that she followed the toddler as the child was walking a third of a mile. And I think that that's kind of far-fetched that a child will walk a third of a mile. That's a long, that's a long distance for a child. I don't think they'll be able to make it you know, that far, get along an eighth of a mile. Uh, and so this, this is one of the things that the Hoover police uh, found to be strange as, you know, I have an article uh, that explains the five things that the police department found odd. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. The Hoover 911 Center received a second call from Cardi's mother stating that a relative was on the phone with her when they heard Cardi scream and then they had an open phone line. I hate these, I hate these ads. Hoover police officers arrived on the scene within five minutes of being dispatched and several other officers arrived shortly. They located Cardi's wig and cell phone in the grass near the vehicle. Her purse was located in the front seat of her vehicle with her Apple uh, watch in the purse. 
The food she ordered for Tzatziki's was also in the car. The items she purchased from Target, as well as the items taken from her place of employment, were not in the vehicle, nor were they located anywhere around the scene. Hoover police deployed all available assets from the point in the search for Carl. Additional resources were called in to include our own drone unit, crime scene investigators, numerous detectives responded to the scene. Throughout the day Friday, officers from surrounded local and federal agencies assisted Hoover police to search for Carly Russell. Officers returned to the scene on 459 to conduct a thorough line search for evidence. K-9 teams from the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department responded to check for any sign of Carly, the child that she claimed to see, and anything else that could be considered evidence in this case. Those searches all turned up empty. Private citizens, including search parties organized by our family, friends, began looking everywhere that they could to find any trace. And uh, one of those uh, search parties was uh, conducted by Angela Harris. For those of you who do not know who she is, Angela Harris is the mother of Anaya Blanchard, who uh, was under the same circumstances, and she ended up being killed. Um, so that's the person that was part of one of the main citizen-led search parties, which started at the Hoover Met, and it was dispersed into various parts of, of Hoover, particularly in that particular area where uh, Carly has disappeared. Searches took place throughout the day Friday, and again on Saturday, yielding nothing. At 10.44 p.m. on July 15th, Hoover 911 center receives a call from Carly's residence, stating that she returned home on foot. In subsequent investigations, detectives obtained surveillance footage of Carly walking down the sidewalk alone prior to arrival at her residence. She was conscious and speaking with paramedics when she was transported to UAB. Detectives were able to obtain a brief statement from her prior to being treated and released. During the statement, she told detectives that while traveling down the interstate, she saw a baby walking down the side of the road and called 911. She stuttered when she got out of her vehicle to check on the child, a man came out of the trees and mumbled that he was checking on the baby. She claimed that the man then picked her up and she screamed. He stated he then made her go over a fence. She claims he then forced her into a car. And the next thing she remembers is being in the trailer of an 18-wheeler. She stated that the male was with a female. However, she never saw the female, only hearing her voice. She also told detectives she could hear a baby crying. She told detectives the male had orange hair with a big bald spot on the back. She said she was able to escape the 18-wheeler and fled on foot only to be captured again and then was put in a car. She claimed she was then blindfolded but was not tied up because the captor said they did not want to leave impressions on her wrists. She took her into a house and made her get undressed. She believes they took pictures of her, but she does not remember them having any physical or sexual contact. She stated the next day she woke oh, up. I'm sorry, and was I cheese crackers by lost, the female. Uh, she said the woman also played with her hair, but could not remember. Uh, I'm sorry, I seem to have lost the, uh, I seem to have lost, uh, I seem to have lost uh, sharing my screen here. Let's see if I can.
Let's see if I can. Uh, this is not good. Uh, it says that I can no longer. Uh, it says I can no longer share my screen. This is not good at all. Um, I, I guess because we had another person to come on here. Um, let's, um, so you probably be able to hear it. Let's see if you'd be able to hear it. Okay. She was put back in a vehicle. She claims was able to escape while it was in the West Hoover area. She told detectives she ran through lots of woods until she came out near her residence. During this interview, detectives noted that Carly had a small injury to her lip. She claimed that her head was hurting. She also had a tear on her shirt. Detectives also noted that she had $107 cash in her right sock. In respect for Carly and her family, detectives did not press for. Okay, so uh, I guess apparently when you have someone on, they call that restricts uh, sharing of the screen. I don't, you know, by the whole time, I don't know, I gotta fix that. Um, okay, but let me see, let's go back a little bit here. Point. She was put back in a vehicle. She claims was able to escape while it was in the West Hoover area. She told detectives she ran through lots of woods until she came out near her residence. During this interview, detectives noted that Carly had a small injury to her lip, and she claimed that her head was hurting. She also had a tear on her shirt. Detectives also noted that she had $107 cash in her right sock. Out of respect for Carly and her family, detectives did not press for additional information in this interview and made plans to speak with her in detail after giving her time to rest. Detectives continue analyzing data from Carly's cell phone that was left behind at the scene. We enlisted the help of the United States Secret Service in conducting this analysis. Part of what data includes several internet searches and the days leading up to their disappearance that I think are very relevant to this case. On July 11th at 7.30 a.m., the term, you have to pay for an Amber Alert was searched. On July 13th at 1.03 a.m., the day of her disappearance, the term, how to take money from a register without being caught, was searched. On July 13th at 2.13 a.m., the day of her disappearance, the term Birmingham bus station was searched. On July 13th, 2.35 a.m., a search for a one-way bus ticket from Birmingham to Nashville was conducted with a departure date of July 13th. At Accelerate 3D, we use large size high speed 3D printing to help hardware companies bridge. On July 13th at 12.10 p.m., a search for the movie Taken, a film about a production was conducted. There were two searches later to Amber Alerts on a computer at Carly's place of employment, including one regarding the maximum age of an Amber Alert. There were other searches on Carly's phone that appeared to shed some light on her mindset 
but out of respect for her privacy, we will not be releasing the content of those searches at this time. We've asked to interview Carly a second time, but have not been granted that request. As you can see, there are many questions left to be answered, but only Carly can provide those answers. What we can say is that we've been unable to verify most of Carly's initial statement made to investigators, and we have no reason to believe that there is a threat to the public safety related, related to this particular case. Thank you very much. With that, welcome to full questions. Please raise your hand and I'll call them. Carol. Chief, do you expect any charges against Carly Russell in connection with the disappearance and in connection with what was taken from the Wood House Spa? Right now, our focus is to determine those 49 hours. So the investigation continues. So to be perfectly honest with you, that hasn't even entered our mind or been discussed. So at this point, um, Hoover police have not officially said uh, whether or not um, that the disappearance was a hoax, nor did they say anything about any charges should be, uh, would they press any charges? At this point in at press time, the Hoover Police Department is still going over more details and are still investigating this case. As soon as they have more information, um, it would be presumed that the Hoover Police Department will have another press conference. But at this time, um, there's no determination of whether or not uh, this abduction, kidnapping has actually took place and they have not officially said whether or not they're going to press charges. Is it surprising to you that the family has not been cooperative in returning to be questioned? Well, I think the, fa the family has stated to us that they didn't think that uh, that uh, in her mental state right now because of, uh, of trauma uh, of, of the incident, that she's not ready to talk is what we've been talking about. Question for Chief. Uh, you stated that the abductor had orange hair. Was this abductor black male? Was a female black female, white female? I believe it's a white male. Am I correct by saying that? Was it a yes, yeah, white male? Is this alleged uh, abductor yet on loose in the Hoover area? Don't believe so. Yes, ma'am. Chief Bernie WBRC has a toxicology report. Uh, so they have mentioned that uh, that uh, they did not have any evidence to support the fact that there was an abductor. Now he didn't say it, you know, outright, but pretty much if you've been listening, following, that's pretty much, you know, what they were saying. I think in this case that they was, and throughout this press conference, that they was metaphorically speaking, there was a lot of metaphors and a lot of similes uh, that was used here, uh, but they don't want to come out directly and say, "Okay, this is a, you know, this is a hoax. Uh, she fabricated the whole thing, and we're going to press charges." So they have not officially said that. You know, uh, we don't know if that is the case. Uh, but based on the evidence that's presented here, it's pretty obviously that 
that the 49 hours of Carly's disappearance was mysterious and is also evident uh, from the evidence that was presented to uh, by the Hoover Police Department that something is off about this and that they pretty much saying that Carly's story is not matching up with the evidence. They died and were any drugs or illegal substances found in her system? We have no report of that. Is any indication of mental illness in this case? Not that I'm aware of. Lisa? There, there's been a concern in the community that if this were turned out not to be a, a true story, that the next it has been, uh, there's an unconfirmed report that that um, the authorities want her to do a mental evaluation, but it was uh, refused. Don't know how true that is. I didn't find um, anything to, you know, indicate such. Uh, but of course, according to the Hoover PD uh, police chief, uh, he found no evidence of any type of mental instability. Now, normally in cases like this, uh, when you're kidnapping a, 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 or abducted, there, there's some mental anguish involved. So they will want to do a, a mental evaluation because obviously a, a tragedy like this can be mind boggling, overwhelming, and it can cause a lot of mental anguish. And not to mention that the person that is the victim is going to be traumatized and definitely in need of some counseling or therapy or some type of mental health. Uh, and that's pretty much something that, you know, you cannot control. Obviously, you know, when we're dealing with trauma, it affected us differently, but it does have adverse effects. And sometimes those things are, you know, are out of your control. Like for me personally, I, you know, you know, if I'm dealing with a situation that is trigger triggering me, you know, you know, my mental health is going, you know, it's going to go haywire. My anxiety is going to go through the roof. Um, there are physical symptoms that accommodate a, a mental uh, lapse or relapse or a mental episode. So, you know, when you are a victim of a kidnapping, all of that is, you know, is gonna hit you like, you know, a ton of bricks. It's kind of like your body is reacting to the situation and for the most part is involuntary. It is something that you cannot make up or fabricate it. It's, it's kind of like the your body's uh, the defense mechanism. You basically want to, you're in a bad situation and you're trying to get out of that bad situation. You're trying to find peace and comfort in that situation. And that's your body's natural reaction to any type of trigger or uh, trauma-induced episode. That's your body's of that's your body's natural defense you know that's controlled by uh the brain time a young woman of color filed was, was missing 
that it might not be taken seriously, how would you respond to that? I'd respond to say that uh, we investigate every crime at the fullest, just like we have this one. Was she traveling with anyone since? Excuse me. Was she traveling with anyone since the time she disappeared? To your knowledge? No, not to my knowledge. Chief, I know you said you weren't able to verify a lot of aspects of the story. Where do you think she went? How would you characterize what happened here? You know, that's that's uh, that's the hundred dollar question. Uh, you know, we we pretty much know exactly what took place from the time she left work until she got on the nine one one call, and we can see getting out of that getting out of the car on the interstate from, from that footage. And after that, I think she only does. We don't. Well, one quick follow-up. So pretty much uh, the police know what happened prior to Carly's disappearance and what happened after she was, uh, after she came home, but those 48 hours they're seeing has is unaccounted for. And the only one that can really uh, inform us of what happened is Carly herself. And right now, according to the police, um, uh, she's not able to speak right now um, due to some sort of mental anguish. So right now, according to the police, this is this that that forty hours is is where the mystery is. They don't know what happened, and we don't know what happened within that forty hours. So that is kind of the forty or forty nine hours. So that is the missing piece of the pie that is ongoing in this investigation by authorities. Of her parents. Did you speak with Carly's parents? Why do you think it is they were so adamant that there wasn't a doctor? Yeah, I think uh, parents are believing what their daughter's saying, and we've had a very good rapport with the parents, met with them on several occasions. Uh, yes, that's absolutely right. Uh, the parents are basically sticking to the story that Carly was abducted and that the abductor is still out there as evidence of a interview with the NBC morning talk show uh, today, uh, which was on Tuesday. Uh, that interview was conducted and I'm gonna play that as well. Talk to them uh, today a few times and to make them understand. And so it's, it's kind of common, you know, when uh, your child tell you that something is happening to me that, you know, their, their, their parents will side with them you know, and help them get through this uh, is what parents do. Uh, they don't really, you know, check and see if the story actually, you know, checks out. That's what parents do. If your child said, I've, you know, been bullied at school, you know, you, you know, you automatically, you know, embrace them, show them some love and show them some empathy. So that's what's happened in this case as well. Saying that we're under pressure from our community not only in our community of the state, but nationally when the story hit. And I just wanted them to understand that uh, today we were gonna have a press conference and what we were gonna detail today are facts. And everything that I've told you today is actual facts, it's not innuendo. So, um, you know, I never thought in, I never thought in a million years that this story is going to break out um, nationally. That's pretty much over 500,000 people that end up missing and 
you have a significant amount of those that are African-American, particularly African-American women. And we know in, in, in cases like this that, you know, whenever uh, a black woman is missing, it does not get a lot of coverage as say as, you know, maybe a white woman or a white man was missing. Uh, that gets a whole lot of coverage. We did not expect uh, that Carly Russell's disappearance with spark national attention. So you got folks from Los Angeles to New York that have been covering this story ever since uh, the storyline has broke out. And just like us here in the Birmingham area, people want to know, you know, well, what happened? You know, is she's, uh, you know, what happened? You know, what are the details, you know, in the case? Uh, what happened within those 49 hours? Uh, is she safe and sound? Is there a is there a threat to the community? Uh, those things are they're legitimate. You know, people you know want to know. But one thing that we're not going to do is that we're not going to uh, speculate. Uh, you, you you heard that that some of the reporters the, the the line of questioning questions that they was answering. It seems like they're trying to get the uh, investigators to kind of speculate, you know, a little bit, but they, they quickly told, well, no, you know, we're just going to, you know, stick with the facts. And if there's a question that we can't answer, we're going to let you know what well, we can't answer. It. And that's, that's kind of how it's, you know, supposed to be, you know, you don't want to say anything that number one is going to jeopardize the case. Number two, act like you know what you're talking about, because some people can be like loud and wrong. And that's been uh, the whole point, uh, for example, on one particular Facebook group that I'm going to mention later. And those there are outside of that particular group, it's been a lot of speculations and a lot of jokes and a lot of memes and a lot of misinformation, and a lot of irrelevant information. But then on the other side, there has been some actual legitimate questions. And while our emotions are kind of like all over the place, and rightfully so, because you don't want anybody to be kidnapped, right? I mean, you don't even want your family or your friends to be kidnapped, or even uh, the person that you think is your enemy. You don't want nobody kidnapped. That's, 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 that's a trauma that no loved one should ever have to deal with. So I understand the emotions that's, you know, sending around this. But one thing I do have to applaud the Hoover Police Department is that not only they have been uh, logical in this case, uh, I think the term they use is methodical, uh, meaning that there is, uh, in everything they do, there is a method or procedure, you know, that they have to use and that they use in order to fully provide credible information and evidence in any particular case. So I applaud them for doing that. And they clearly was not going to engage in any type of speculation. Uh, because they want to make sure that 
all their I's are dotted and all their T's are crossed because, um, you know, misinformation and disinformation will not only uh, uh, decredit this case, it's pretty much, uh, it's pretty much going to have an adverse effect you know, on this case. So you really don't want to say anything, you know, that that's going to jeopardize this case. And so that's why they are being very careful, uh, you know, not to engage, you know, in anything that's going to undermine this case. It's not what I think, it's not what these detectives think. It is the factual information that we have. Talk about. What's the Wait, I thought you were hosting your own streaming party here. Oh, that's great thing about YouTube. We always got these Well, I think our detectives have talked to the parents, and uh, we're ready. Uh, we're ready to, to talk as soon as she's ready. So, you know, she called right now. We're ready. That's one word to describe what went on. What was that? Um, how about unknown? Uh, you know, we we know the facts that we have. Everything else is unknown at this time. In the back. What, what have the past few days? Yeah, and I definitely have to agree with that, uh, that considering, you know, what happened within that 49 hours that Carly was missing, it still remained unknown. And the only thing that they have in their possession is uh, the information that you heard here and the evidence they have gathered. And other than that, we do not know what happened in that 49 hours that Carly had disappeared. So they're pretty much in the dark about that as we are. And so I believe one of the things that they're concentrating on is to figure out well, what happened, you know, within that period. And just like the, the chief said, only Carly can answer that. And right now she's not saying anything and her parents are not saying anything at all. So that part of the case remains a mystery. Days been like for you, your department. This has been a stressful search, hasn't it? Well, absolutely. And again, the focus of the investigation uh, that Thursday, when she went missing, of course, the focus was to get Carly home. That's what we want all. We wanted her safe, safe and sound. And that's all happened. And then, of course, this is uh, this has got to be not only a local state story, but a, but a national story. So, uh, you know, it is it, it's a, it's a lot of stress on on everyone in, in the Hoover Police Department and the, the, the mayor uh, to, to every uh, every citizen here. Uh, we want to know the truth. As you stand here, are you frustrated? I wouldn't say I'm frustrated. I mean, I'm very happy that that Carly's found. That's the, that was the main ingredient here. And that we'll uh, we'll figure it out. I promise you that. We'll, we'll... And. I'm glad he mentioned that because I, I want to bring this point to y'all, you know, attention. Now we know there's 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 a lot of people that had invested their time and resources and their emotions into finding Carly, right? And many of you out there, uh, whether you're local or national, you know, you prayed for her. And then when the news came uh, that she was found safe, you know, there was kind of like a sigh of relief, right? Uh-huh. I mean, that's, you know, that's, you know, that's natural. You know, you'll be happy that your, you know, loved one, you know, came home. It's not fortunate for a lot of people that end up missing. They don't 
get to see their 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 husband or wife or their daughter or son or, or a significant other or loved one, you know, or something like that. So of course people are going to be happy, you know. But then on the other side of the coin, you know, people will have, you know, questions like, uh, has you know, are y'all looking for the person that abducted her? Uh, are we in immediate is there an immediate threat to the community? Um, what are the circumstances surrounding uh, this case? I, I, I think those are legitimate questions that people are going to ask, you know, and, um, you know, obviously as uh, some of the reporters, whether it was local or national, uh, you know, they're asking those questions. Then there's, a, you know, the ones that, um, you know, that's based off uh, theorization or speculation. You know, and again, that's something that the Hoover PD is not getting into, and we're definitely here is not going to entertain that as well. So we're only going to present the facts as is it being submitted to the public. We'll end up figuring that. Any idea about the number of manpower hours or the expense of the drones and, and all the rest of the search that that might have cost the city and the state and the federal government? Yeah, I, I, we haven't had time to, to consider that, but it's, a, you know, again, these detectives that are, that are here, this is just a small. So I, I think, you know, at this point when they was doing the press conference, I think, you know, how much it costs for uh the manpower is being used and the uh the equipment was being used uh to them i think at this time it was kind of irrelevant because you know that basically was focusing on the case itself and i think that they would probably visit that at another time when they're getting ready to make another statement in this case but from this press conference right here, it seems to me that that is irrelevant. A small group of people that have been uh, been associated with this case. We have put every available resource that we have on this case because we wanted to make sure that we found out everything. We wanted to get her home, and we have. And that's kind of rare, especially for African-American women who end up um, missing. It's kind of rare that uh, you have a case that goes viral, that goes national, and that all available resources is being used. It's very rare, but I'm glad that it happened. You know, it should happen, you know, that type of attention should be to anyone that is missing, whether the uh, male or female, boy or girl, it does not matter. Uh, what your uh, nationality is or what your color is or ethnicity, it should not matter. If a person ends up missing, we need to have the same attention as this particular case has. Point blank, period. Was there any prior indication of mental health problems? Or not, that, not that I'm aware of. Can you just expand on the uh, people from the state, federal resources brought in, what were they now, the only way that they can determine that if uh, Carly would agree to do a mental evaluation. 
question or not where she's going to do it or not is, um, I would say 50-50. Uh, but normally, when you are a victim of, of an abduction or kidnapping and human trafficking, all, all, you know, all too real, um, you know, that trauma is going to send your mental health down south, you know, believe me. And concerned people, empathetic people are going to do everything they can to make sure that that person gets help. It's pretty much something that's out of their control, trust me. Been there, done that. Um, not as far as uh, being kidnapped or, you know, abducted, but anytime that you go through a major trauma in your life, it has adverse mental consequences that is beyond your control, you know, and doctors want to make sure that uh, you get through this uh, as quickly as possible. And part of that is, is, uh, is getting uh, the, the evaluations and getting the necessary treatment. And sometimes uh, there's no time frame to when a person can actually, you know, get through this trauma. Um, maybe this person would deal with it for the rest of his or her life. And it can often be triggered by some outside, give me an outside force, an outside event. It could be a comment. It could be anything that can set this person off. So a person that's going through any type of trauma, there's no timeline to when that person is going to get over it. I, I, there's, no, there's no such thing they doing exactly as you all were searching for her. You just expand on that. Sure, sure. Uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, uh, uh, from the, from the FBI side, uh, several, several agents helping us interview. I mean, as you well know, in a case like this, especially when it goes uh, national, we, we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls. And when you get those calls, some of them may just be outlandish, but you've got to, you've got to follow up on them because you never know that you may get that one tidbit. And uh, I don't, Right, and, 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 and that's the thing that people need to understand. You, you know, we know a lot of people are theorizing uh, the situation and there's a lot of speculation, you know, that, that, that is happening as well. But when it comes to an investigation, nothing is off limits. You know, every, you know, every tip, every claim, every type of speculation has to be examined uh, to determine its validity, um, and to distinguish which is true and which is false. I get, you know, I get that. Um, it is part of problem solving. And sometimes, you know, in problem solving, you're going to get all of these things coming at you. And it's a process of elimination to determine uh, which tip is true, you know, and what is false. You know, whatever is true, you're going to keep in one side. Whatever is false, you're pretty much going to throw in the trash. So that's that's especially important in problem solving, and uh, police departments all over the country. Hopefully, they are using this approach to thoroughly investigate any type of case. I also say too that we had a great cooperation with the family. The family received hundreds and hundreds of tips, and every time they got a tip, they sent it to us. Would you say a crime has been committed? No. In this case? Uh, we have not determined that now. Chief Mims, WAGG 610, Southern Media. Question for Chief. Uh, with all of the searches that you mentioned, Chief, that were on Carly's phone, 
Does that kind of give you an indication of her mind state during this ordeal, the 48 hours yeah. that she went missing? Well, you know, again, I, we want to talk in facts, and, and I, I do think it's it's highly highly unusual to uh, uh, the day that, uh, that that someone gets kidnapped that uh, several seven hours, uh, eight hours before that, that they're uh, searching the internet, Googling uh, the movie Taken about an abduction. I, I find that very, uh, very strange, yes. So, uh, so they have determined that it was kind of odd that uh, a few days before Carly's abduction that she was uh, Googling certain uh, phrases like the movie Taking, which is of course is about an abduction, or kidnapping, uh, Googling uh, Birmingham bus station, um, researching how much it costs for a one-way ticket to from Birmingham to Nashville. Um, another instance would be uh, how much it costs for an Amber Alert and how to steal money from a register without you know, getting caught, that's kind of, that's kind of strange. I do, you know, uh, you know, do agree with that, that you, that someone would do, you know, that type of search. And next thing we know, you know, she disappears. We don't know what happened, you know, in 48 hours. So yeah, I agree. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of strange. Not going to use the word suspect, but it's kind of, you know, unusual for someone to look up those terms. And then we learned that, you know, she ended up getting abducted. Uh, it's kind of like a sudden thing. It could happen at any time. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to happen. So pretty much people need to watch their backs and let someone know, a family member, a friend, or a, a loved one or something, you know, where you're at, where you're going, because you may never know when stuff like that is going to happen. You feel confident, do your investigators feel confident that you know why Carly Russell may have done this? No, we do not know. Absolutely not. Chief, can you explain for us? You mentioned it a while ago when you said Carly was. So she's basically trying to assume that the whole thing was fabricated and a lot. And I think that at this point, um, I, I think at this point, I could say two things. Number one, they don't want to you know, come out and say, well, this whole thing is a hoax and she lied, right? But metaphorically, they're saying, well, yeah, uh, you know, she did basically based on the evidence that they got, uh, but they don't want to necessarily come out and say that she lied and this whole thing was, you know, fabricated. Again, this is an ongoing investigation. There are more things to come. Um, I truly believe that there'll probably be another press conference to where more information will get out and whether or not um, there was an abductor or there was actually an abduction that took place. Um, that information is not, we don't know. So we don't know. So we're waiting to see how this whole thing plays out. On the phone with one, she was traveling six football fields, which tells you what? Which tells me that uh, I've had kids, and I'm sure a lot of people here have, and it's very, very, again, she said it, 
And I'm not saying it couldn't happen because I've always been one of these guys, never say never, but six football fields. I mean, I, I like I like athletics. I like football. Six football. I remember six football fields uh, times 100 yards is 600 yards. That's equivalent to a third of a mile. Feels to think that a toddler barefoot that could be three or four years old is going to travel six football fields without getting in the roadway, without crying, without any, any just moving down. It's very, it's just. Right. I think I mentioned something like that earlier. If you, uh, you know, go back later, um, you'll probably hear that comment from me, but yes, I agree. It's very hard for me to understand. Chief, have you used any technology to enhance that video from 459? And did you see a man grab her? We did not see, from what we can tell, we don't see anybody on the interstate other than uh, her car and then someone getting out of her uh, driver's side. We have sent that uh, that off to the uh, FBI for enhancement. It has not been returned. Do you think in this case that charges will be forthcoming towards Carly Russell? And how serious of a crime is it to not only fabricate a 911 call, but to lie to law enforcement during an investigation. Well, you know, again, that's not something that we've been discussed as we're going through the uh, through the uh, uh, investigation. But, you know, people have to understand that uh, when when someone says something like like this, we put every available resource, everybody comes together from, like I say, state, local, federal. It, it, it's it's just a lot of work. And, uh, and, 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 you know, it's it, again, man. Normally, in cases like this, if you uh, you know lie to a nine one one dispatcher, or if you fabricate a story with the police, uh, you will be charged. But it's a uh, for falsifying a report. But it's a it's not a felony. It's it's a misdemeanor. Um, um, so some people say, well, you know, it's not really you know, a big deal, but, uh, but it can't, you know, it can't be uh, in certain cases that um, a person who committed this crime will either be fined or jail or both. Uh, it depends on, you know, what the, the police has to say and what the prosecution has to say. And uh, no two cases of that caliber are alike. And Chairman Early said frustrated. I mean, it is a little frustrating to think that uh, all this has been done and, and we can't find uh, find anything out. Did anyone yeah. see her calling in from the side of the road when she made that 911 call? No, not to my knowledge. All right, so last question here. Is this investigation held up until you can speak once again to Carly Russell? Well, there's a few things that we're still doing, but... Uh, Obviously, we want to talk to Carly as soon as we can uh, and, and, and do an in-depth interview. And at that time, uh, I think we'll have these investigators doing some other things. So uh, all right. that's all the questions we're going to answer today. We appreciate you guys coming and we'll be following up with y'all later. Thank you so much. OK, so that's pretty much the uh, the press conference that took place this past Wednesday, July 19th. And, you know, obviously uh, uh, a lot of details that came out that you know suggests that something is off, that something is not right, but they're not really um, necessarily saying anything, you know, at this point because they still have 
some loose ends, you know, to tie, including uh, trying to talk to Carly Russell again. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when they're going to come back uh, to the public with more information. So we have to wait and see. So now, so far, you have the timeline of what happened and uh, the evidence that was being uh, presented to uh, presented to us uh, through the police department. Now, another thing I want to point out is uh, the fact that uh, that Carly's parents have asked for privacy. You know, in this matter, I mean, you know, you know, we can't talk to them. They don't want to talk to anybody else. And uh, this was on Saturday, you know, when she made that statement. Uh, it's on Facebook. Go look it up. Um, but then two days later, she ended up on the NBC program, the Today Show. And we're going to we're going to, we're going to play that clip too. Uh, you know, right here, it's it's kind of it's kind of mind-boggling to me that you know if your daughter went through such a terrible ordeal and you want privacy, that you wouldn't be talking to nobody. I mean, absolutely nobody. I know if I've been through a you know traumatic experience, I don't want to talk to nobody. In fact, I'm just gonna like shut down. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting on social media. You know, I'm not getting on my phone trying to talk to nobody, and I'm certainly not going to uh, be interviewed by anybody neither. Mm -mm. No, because me personally, I want to be by myself. You know, basically, people who go through trauma like that, they they withdraw, man. You know, they withdraw. They don't want to talk to anybody. Okay, so we're going to, and I'm going to play this in front of the beginning because right now it's on first laid eyes on her again what was it like to me I mean just so much joy this morning in an exclusive sit down with NBC News the parents of 25 year old Carly Russell are speaking out describing the moment their daughter appeared on their doorstep after being missing for more than 48 hours. What did you do when you saw her? We tried to hug her as best we could, but I had to stand back because she was not in a good state. So we had to stand back and let medical professionals work with her. Um, but... Thanks. Last Thursday, police say Carly called 911 to report a toddler walking alone on the interstate. She pulled over while on the phone with a family member who described hearing Carly scream. Her vehicle's unlocked, running. Call her personal belongings except for her phone. On the scene, police found no sign of Carly or a child, and they say no children were reported as missing during that time period. The Russells waited in agony until Saturday night. There were actual, actually just so many calls and texts from people who maliciously lied to us. I just didn't know people could be so evil. Authorities have not indicated where Carly was during the...
Okay, okay. so let's uh, address that a little bit. Yeah, uh, we, we know people can be cruel, <laughs> judgmental, you know, whenever, especially if uh, someone uh, either allegedly went through uh, a trauma or they actually, you, you know, have. And that can be gut-wrenching and emotional, you know, within itself. Uh, people are, yeah, some people are just judgmental, you know, in general. And, um, and obviously you have seen that on social media, uh, you know, where people are giving her harsh criticism. Um, you got a lot of jokes being circulated, a lot of memes, you know, that being circulated. And for someone, you know, who, you know who's looking at all that, uh, just in shockwaves of emotions, in anger. Um, as I said earlier, uh, that I won't be participating in any of that uh, because that could happen to you. It could happen to someone, you know, that you love, and then you would turn around and want support and empathy as well. And you may or may not get it. They were like, well, I remember you did this and I remember you did that. Why I should be sympathetic to you? You know, it's called the fact that if you're judging someone in, in that caliber, then you, you're going to expect the same type of judgment in return. That's very unfortunate. I'm not saying that that's right, but you know, if you sow it, eventually you're going to reap it. Forty-eight hours she was missing, or what her parents declined to share what their daughter told them, citing the ongoing investigation. And can you tell me what happened Saturday night? Did you just get a knock at the door? Anything leading to, to the case itself? We, we can't discuss that. But they say speculation about the circumstances surrounding Carly's disappearance are only making things worse. She's having to deal with the trauma of people just making completely false allegations about her. Her family now urging the public to let the investigation play out, but mentioning an abductor. Her mother asking to read a brief message to the public. Carly has given detectives her statement um, so that they can continue to pursue her abductor. Do you believe that there's an abductor still out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. NBC News has reached out to the Hoover Police Department to ask whether they're looking for an individual involved. Police have just said they're following up on all information provided by Carly. And when I talked to you all on Saturday, you also said your daughter is a fighter and she would find a way back to you. I felt that in my heart. Is that what happened? She did. She found her way back to us. How? Now, uh, no, notice here in this video how the the father is looking. Um, his his body language was like, no, this this is not what it appears to be, and you notice that uh, that. Uh, Talithia is the one that's doing all of the talking and he's saying like basically nothing but his body language is kind of saying 
something else, like something is off, something is not right. But, you know, as a parent, you want to believe your child. When your child tells you that something is wrong, you know, you want to believe them. That's a parental, you know, instinct. You know, even if, you know, even, you know, when it comes to uh, your spouse, your spouse, you know, something is wrong, you know, a loving spouse would, you know, be supportive. So it's, I mean, so, you know, this is nothing new, but pay attention to uh, Mr. Uh, Russell's, Carlos Russell, rather, pay attention to his body language. Ever, we can't discuss the details of that, but they say one thing is clear. Can you believe she was fighting for her life? Oh, she definitely fought for her life. There were moments when she physically had to fight for her life and there were moments when... Notice that uh, the reporter had asked that question twice. Uh, was she fighting for her life? It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of unusual. You know, you know, maybe it is and maybe it's not unusual that a reporter would ask the same question twice. Um, I've been an investigative uh, podcaster and researching uh, various issues. Um, I usually, uh, when I'm interviewing people, you know, on a particular uh, topic, I usually don't ask the same question twice. You know, unless I kind of missing something. I was like, well, you can't, can you say that again? You know, like if, like if I like totally miss something that was like obviously important, then I would probably do that. But, you know, I, you know, in, in two different instances, the reporter asked the same question twice. So I kind of find that a little bit strange that the reporter would ask the same question twice. So that's just an observation, um, not a concluding or something that's like the gospel truth is just an observation. And she had to mentally fight for her life. But she made it back to you. She, she made, made it back. back. Yeah, she did make it back. All right, Priscilla, so investigators are obviously busy on this case. What are they looking into going forward? Yeah, Hoda, right now they're analyzing that initial 911 call and also that traffic cam video showing that car driving on the interstate very slowly with its flashers on, believed to be Carly's car. And of course, they're looking at the evidence from the crime scene, including the car and her cell phone, which was- In my view, this, this video has taken place uh, the day before uh, Hoover police had that press conference. And according to the report, it said the Hoover police is looking at the surveillance uh, video. And you saw in the press conference that that video was analyzed and that uh, it showed no evidence of, of an abductor. It shows no evidence of a toddler being on the side of the freeway. It shows no evidence of an actual abductor. But what it does show is you know, is her car coming off of I-459 with the flashes blinking at mile marker 11, you know, you know where the, the sign for 
Alabama State Highway 150, that's where Hoover is at. So, I mean, you saw that for yourself. Uh, I'm not making this up. You saw that for yourself. Was found on the roadway nearby. Police say that they have been able to account for all of her steps leading up to her disappearance, but those 48 hours when she was gone still remain a mystery. Code so I think everybody is in consensus here, uh, whether it's local media or national media. It has been determined that we know what happened the, the one or two days prior to Carly being, uh, Carly being uh, before, we know what happened a, a day or two before she disappeared. And we know what happened after she reappear or she was found safe as the police said. But though that 48, 40, 48 or 49 hours, the, the we don't know, the media don't know, and the police don't know. But that's one of the things that they're focusing on right now. So you know we know what happened before she disappeared. We know what happened after she disappeared, but that that middle part that 49 hours of her disappearance, as they said, remains a mystery. We don't know what happened. And that's one of the things that they are investigating on. Let's, con let's conclude here. Yeah, leaving behind her phone or pocketbook and all those things, a lot of things that uh, investigators are looking into. Priscilla, thank you. Okay, so that, that was their interview on uh, the Today Show that, you know, they went on, that was uh, two days after, you know, she was found. Um, for someone who wanted uh, privacy and didn't want to talk to anyone, I wonder what made uh, Carlos and Talitha Russell wanted to do an interview on national television. I told you before, that if I was going through an ordeal of, you know, like that or any type of traumatic event, I don't want to talk to anybody. It does not matter, you know, who it, you know, who it is. You know how I am. Some of you who, who, you know, that know me, if I'm, you know, going through something nine times out of 10, you probably won't hear me for, you know, a couple of days. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to anybody on the phone. I don't want to talk to anybody you know, on social media and definitely don't want to talk to any reporters. You know, because I'm going to do something major and, you know, I need time to like calm down, you know, get my anxiety, you know, get my anxiety down before I talk to anybody. So you're probably not going to hear from me you know, in a couple of days, that's, you know, that's just how it is. But for someone who wanted to have privacy, why are, why are you on a national talk show? I'm just saying, you know, I'm not indicating that something is wrong, but obviously I think the police is stating the obvious without stating the obvious. They want to make sure that they tie in all loose ends of the investigation before they come out and, you know, and say, uh, you know, whether or not, uh, this abduction has actually taken place. Okay, so that's uh, 
And then uh, a day later after this interview, they ended up having uh, the press conference. Now, we're gonna go here. And as I said earlier, um, I pull a couple of today's, is I pull a couple of, uh, I pull a couple of Today Show videos because uh, that's what the parents had interview with. And we're, we're going to see what they said after the new evidence had came out. Let's listen. law enforcement about the case of Alabama woman Carly Russell. The investigation captured national attention as the community searched for the 25-year-old nursing student for days. This after she pulled over when she said she saw a toddler alone on the side of a highway Thursday. Russell called 911 and then vanished. Her vehicle's unlocked, running. Now, police say there was no evidence of a toddler abandoned in the area, adding, nor did we receive any additional calls about a toddler walking down the interstate despite numerous vehicles passing through that area. The Hoover Police Department also writing in a statement that before her disappearance, Russell picked up snacks from a local Target. Those snacks were not found at the scene, though Russell's belongings, phone, and wig were left behind. Russell returned on foot Saturday night, her parents describing her arrival to NBC News' Priscilla Thompson earlier this week. She was not in a good state, so we had to stand back and let medical professionals work with her. But they declined to go into more detail. And can you tell me what happened Saturday night? Did you just get a knock at the door? Anything leading to, to the case itself, we, we can't discuss that. Police now say surveillance video shows Russell walking down the sidewalk alone, adding, when first responders arrived on scene, they found Miss Russell conscious and speaking. She was later treated and released from a local hospital. Russell's employer, the Woodhouse Spa Birmingham, saying overnight in a statement, it was turning over everything it's uncovered to police. The mystery around the dramatic disappearance deepening as the investigation continues. Which uh, after we, there, there's another video I want to show you, you know, from the Today Show. And I think this has to do with uh, their response or their analysis of the press conference. And so far, we have not heard from Carly Russell about what happened, only from her parents. We do know, guys, that police interviewed her briefly at the hospital, but part of their statement, they said they're waiting for her to be made available for a more detailed accounts. Willie? All right, Sam, thank you very much. Okay, so I, I think at this point that the, the people at NBC News is getting kind of suspicious. You really got to watch the, the, the body language. As I told you uh, for the previous video, watch uh, Carlos Russell's, you know, body language. It's telling a different story from what the mother, Talithia, you know, is saying. Uh, I want to give you a disclaimer. It does not necessarily mean that I said that she is guilty of a crime. You know, it's you know, guilty of a crime. And sometimes we have to look at the, the mental cues, you know, a person, you know, is sending, uh, they may tell a different story than what's actually being said or what actually being reported. And so uh, any person that is investigating a case of this caliber is going to look for all possible scenarios and like i said that during the process of elimination 
you know, they get uh, hundreds of tips that come in. So they're doing a process of elimination, you know, and they're throwing out things that that bears no evidence or the claim is not what it is, they're throwing out, but they'll keep the ones that have some sort of relevance or is tied in with some type of evidence. Last, we're going to look at uh, the last video on here from the Today Show. Uh, where they're saying that police is unable to verify initial statements behind Carly's disappearance. In the case of Carly Russell, the 25-year-old nursing student whose disappearance for just over 48 hours led to a massive search effort, now prompting this conclusion from Hoover's police chief. We've been unable to verify most of Carly's initial statement. Where do you think she went and how would you characterize what happened here? That's the $100 question. Investigators playing Russell's 911 call about a missing toddler right before her disappearance. Hi, I am on Interstate 459 and there is a kid just walking by themselves. She described a child who didn't appear to have pants or shoes on and told police she tried to get out of her vehicle to help the toddler. Except the chief says, according to cell phone data, she drove 600 yards while talking to the 911 operator. She was traveling. Uh, one, one of the things I want to point out is that is that like even though that you delete your data from your phone or your computer, uh, law enforcement investigators have a way of have a way of gathering you know, that information, because it's some of that information, it doesn't necessarily go away, it's, it's stored in the cloud. And the only way that you'll be able to like really get rid of it is that you can get some software to where you can like not only wipe your computer clean, uh, the military, you know, they have like a Department of Defense uh, mechanism in place to where you can like totally uh, get rid of your data or you can like shred it uh, to the point that if I download a recovery software, I'm not going to be able to recover it no matter how hard I try. I'm not suggesting that y'all go and commit a crime and then y'all do that. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just letting you know uh, I'm a computer expert. You know, that's what some people, you know, do when they want to try to, when they want to try to wipe out data so they won't incriminate themselves. That's one of the things that they do. Again, I don't advocate for that. I don't condone that. But that's what some people do when they're trying to conceal or hide evidence. That's one of the things that they do. Now, so I truly believe that uh, the folks at NBC and all these national outlets, they are really getting deep into scenarios in the case that is based on, you know, based on facts. Um, one of those, uh, another one of those is, um, is News Nation. And so now, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody's saying, you know, we, you know, we prayed for her, we did all these things, 
you know, she's home, but now we have, now we have questions. And so it started in Hoover in the community that she's, you know, at, and now it's pretty much, it pretty much sped, you know, nationwide, not just Birmingham, not just Alabama, but, you know, but nationwide, because this story has hit, you know, nationwide now, uh, people are searching, they're looking for answers. Uh, okay, this this is not a video. This is actually an article from, oh, oh we got it. Verifying the story of a nursing student who says she was abducted. Carly Russell says she saw a toddler walking across the highway when she stopped to help and called 911. Then claimed she was abducted by a man in the woods. News Nation's Brooke Schaefer has been following this investigation closely. Uh, so Brooke, a lot of twists and turns here. What are police saying at this hour? Well, Kelly, police in Hoover, Alabama are still investigating what happened in those 49 hours that Carly Russell was missing. Um, this, this, uh, this was taking place uh, on uh, Thursday, July 20th, a day after the Hoover Police Department had their press conference. But at the same time, there is a growing frustration for some people in that Alabama community. People who spent two days searching for the 25-year-old nursing student. She vanished last week, as you mentioned, reportedly after seeing a child on the side of the highway. Her disappearance prompted a multi-state search with law enforcement, family, friends, even strangers. It gained national attention, but now police are casting doubt on Russell's claims she was kidnapped. And, and they, based on the evidence that the uh, police have, you know, presented, you know, I can understand that not only the police department are doubtful as as to what happened, but the people. Uh, in the community and, you know, all of those who were directly or indirectly, you know, involved, whether you in central Alabama and, you know, and they said it was like a, a couple of states, you know, as well, uh, that was also part of the search because you may never know if she was kidnapped and there was uh, human trafficking involved, more than likely she would end up in another state. So other states like Tennessee and Georgia was also on alert, you know, as well. And so it is understandable that after the information came out on Wednesday, that people are, are going to have questions. They're skeptical. Pretty colors. Bus reviews, isn't it? They're skeptical and, and things of, of, of that nature. I mean, I can like understand that as well. I'm gonna let this uh, add play through, but I can understand where people are coming from for that. You know, people are going to have questions. It's kind of like our logical mind. You know, at work, you know, they want to know what happened, and you know, in, in terms of that. Uh, I mean, emotions are running rapid. I need to get back to this because. Uh, well, police in Alabama say they are having trouble verifying the story of a nursing. Okay, uh, I'm going to play this again because I don't think it went all the way through. So I'm just going to 
uh, played again. Uh, but like I said before, you know, it's our logical instinct to really know, you know, you know what happened. And then you got some people that, that just being, you know, knows they're not really trying to figure out what happened. They just try to throw stones, you know, whatever they can. But there are people out there who, you know, are legitimately concerned and they have questions. You know, I know I am mind boggled, you know, myself as to, you know, what really happened, you know, based on the evidence, you know, that's being presented. I'm like, well, you know, did, did this really happen? What, what actually, you know, happened? And, and so those are legitimate concerns especially those who have invested resources, their time, you know, into, you know, making sure that Carly did come home safely. So it's legitimate, trust me. A student who says she was abducted. Carly Russell says she saw a toddler walking across the highway when she stopped to help and called 911. Then claimed she was abducted by a man in the woods. News Nation's Brooke Schaefer has been following this investigation closely. Uh, so Brooke, a lot of twists and turns here. What are police saying at this hour? Well, Kelly, police in Hoover, Alabama are still investigating what happened in those 49 hours that Carly Russell was missing. But at the same time, there is a growing frustration for some people in that Alabama community. People who spent two days searching for the 25-year-old nursing student. She vanished last week, as you mentioned, reportedly after seeing a child on the side of the highway. Her disappearance prompted a multi-state search with law enforcement, family, friends, even strangers. It gained national attention, but now police are casting doubt on Russell's claims she was kidnapped. And detectives said they have actually no evidence that child she called 911 about even exists. At first, I was hopeful, uh, but later on, I became very disappointed because everybody came together for a good cause in the community to work together to find Carly. And now that the facts have come out and Facebook, uh, Facebook speculation, it seems that. And it is running rapid. Tell I, I, I tell you, uh, she is not lying. The, you know, the speculations and the memes and the jokes, they are coming out of the woodwork. Now, some of these things I do not condone, but, you know, it's reality when people are, you know, casting doubt that these things are going to happen. This is not truthful at all. And so it's just great disappointment. It's a lot of questions going on in my head, uh, you know, thinking why or how or, you know. It's and again, I said before that it's commonly natural for our logical side to come out like we really want to know what happened. It's a crazy world out there. So it's like to have people praying about certain situations and find out that it's not what they were praying for. So people who live near Hoover, Alabama, where this all happened, of course, grateful that Carly Russell is back home safe with her family. But they fear now what this case will do to other missing persons cases in the future. And we should mention, we did try reaching out to Carly's parents, both by phone and over text message. We haven't heard back. Kelly? Understood. Certainly happy that she's home. So, Brooke, could Carly Russell face any charges for this? 
Yeah, that's a big question right now. In a press conference with police in Hoover, Alabama, the police chief said that they hadn't really gotten to that point yet to be able to think about any possible. So while there's enough evidence that came out that they said that it could be a possibility that she had fabricated the whole thing, but they don't want to come out and really say it until they have tied you know, all the loose ends. So right now that's kind of like the million dollar question. But in cases like this, if, if it was fabricated, she could face some charges. Um, not to mention the fact that if, uh, if it was uh, confirmed that, you know, she actually took items from her uh, uh, place of this and she pretty much could be charged with uh, petty theft which is a misdemeanor. And she could be charged with uh, uh, falsifying uh, a 911 call or uh, and uh, lying to police, which is also uh, you know, misdemeanors. Uh, it could carry either uh, some sort of fine, which would probably be minimal, or, or jail time, which is probably be you know, minimal. It, it, it just all depends on you know, whether or not the Hoover Police Department is going to charge her and what the prosecution, how they're going, you know, what their direction that they're going to take on the case would determine uh, what type of consequences that Carly is going to face if, in fact, it was confirmed that she fabricated the whole thing possible charges, uh, but we did speak with an attorney about this case, and he told us that Carly Russell could face a slew of charges for falsifying her story. There could also be some civil penalties for the amount of money and resources spent trying to find her. Um, at this point, though, police also saying that they have tried speaking once again with Carly Russell. Her parents, though, declining that request, saying that she is still too traumatized and not ready to talk. Okay, and we're actually going to, uh, and we're actually, the, the attorney that, that they're referring to is, uh, is Eric Guster from the Guster Law Firm in Birmingham. And uh, he has been on um, several media outlets, uh, local and national. Um, he is an attorney and a legal analyst, so he does have numerous of years of experience, you know, and analyzing all sorts of legal matters, including this one. Um, so we're going to turn our attention to that. As soon as I get it loaded. <laughs> Tonight, police in Alabama are combing through the Twitter feed of the 25 year old woman who went missing for two days. In the 40 minutes leading up to her disappearance, Carly Russell wrote a series of tweets. One read, today was a great day. Another, yeah, I want a family now. About 15 minutes after that last tweet, she called 911 and- uh, Let me just stop right there for a moment. Uh, let me just stop there. Some people are so stupid, right? 
Like, you know you committed a crime, but you're going to do a post on social media, maybe uh, a video on TikTok or even tweet. So in this case, uh, they found her tweeting moments before, you know, she disappeared, which the police said that they found that strange or it's suspicious. Why are you doing that? You, you know that, uh, you know, if you're involved in something that you have no business involved in, don't you know the law enforcement is watching social media as well? Yes, they're watching social media. They're watching, uh, they're watching what you search or the search engines. They're watching what you, uh, you know, comment on, you know, or post on social media. They're watching uh, your videos, whether it's YouTube or TikTok, you know, they're watching. They're watching all of that. Stuff. We're anesthesiologists, surgeons. Yeah, they're watching all of that stuff. So be be careful with y'all post because sometimes some of the stuff y'all post, y'all end up incriminating, you know, yourself. Now we don't know if you know, we don't know if this was a cry for help, you know, or the police would say, uh, you know, this evidence can be used against you in a court of law. We don't know. Okay, after this uh, 10 second video, we'll, 10 second advertisement, we'll get back to the recording. Emergency medicine physicians, pain management specialists. We're the largest provider of doctors in a first year US residencies. St. George's University School of Medicine. Yeah, I know this this is the first uh this is the first podcast I ever done in which we're actually dealing with actual commercials. On here is crazy. Tonight police in Alabama are combing through the Twitter feed of the 25-year-old woman who went missing for two days. In the 40 minutes leading up to her disappearance, Carly Russell wrote a series of tweets. One read, today was a great day. Another, yeah, I want a family now. About 15 minutes after that last tweet, she called 911 and vanished for two days before showing up later at her parents' home. She says she was kidnapped, but police have presented evidence that reveals serious holes in her story. News Nation correspondent Elizabeth Pratt is live with more. Elizabeth, police have said they wanted to speak to Carly again, but Oh, I, I do apologize for the noise, but we'll keep going. She refused to cooperate. Any updates? No, you're exactly right, Elizabeth. In fact, the police chief said that he will not release any details of this investigation or complete it until he has all the facts. And right now, he simply does not have the cooperation of his key witness. Saturday will be a week since Carly Russell's safe return home, but police say they're not searching for an abductor, an 18-wheeler, an orange-haired man, or a toddler. The person they wish to speak with is Russell. We pretty much know exactly what took place from the time she left work until she got on the 911 call, and we can see getting out of that, getting out of the car. On the interstate from, from that footage, and after that, I think she only does. We don't know. Trial attorney Eric Gusser is local to the Birmingham area, but not involved in the case. He says the list of potential charges is not short. She could be charged with theft because there's an accusation that she stole 
items from her job. She could be charged with filing a false police report. She could also be charged with making false statements. Anytime that a person makes a false statement to an officer. I noticed that he said, uh, I noticed that he said that he, uh, that she did actually lie, but, you know, allege. Uh, that's pretty good because, uh, you know, we know that based on, you know, the facts, it could be a possibility that Carly did lie, but it was not made official by uh, the Hoover PD. So until then, we have to use the word allege. During the interview, they can be charged because they lied. And, and based upon the interview information that they received from her, in the press conference, they said they didn't believe it. New attention given to her social media tonight, particularly her tweets. She sent several in the 40 minutes leading up to her disappearance. Yeah, I want a family now. Someone to tell you I love you and don't got a reason. Today was a great day. God be looking out, I'm telling you. And the Google searches. The term. You have to pay for an Amber Alert, the term. How to take money from a register without being caught. A search for the movie, Taken. People volunteered in droves to search for Russell during those hot days. A $60,000 reward. Chick-fil-A donating thousands in food and water. Not counting the federal assistance and cell phone data retrieval. Easily six figures. They were all hands on deck when there was a report made that a person, a citizen of Jefferson County, Alabama, was kidnapped from the side of the road. I am certain everyone who, had, who was on vacation, everyone who called time off, had to show up to help find this young lady. You know, Elizabeth, one of the biggest pieces of frustration is that there are more than 500,000 people who go missing every year in the United States, and they don't necessarily get the slew of attention that they're seeing, which is why you're seeing a lot of folks just looking for some answers. Yeah, a lot of people. What do we know about the boyfriend, Carly's boyfriend in this case? Is he speaking or cooperating? It's such a great question because initially he was quite vocal. We saw him post on social media as soon as she went missing. And in fact, initially on Sunday, he said she was literally fighting for her life for 48 hours, right. leave her alone, give her time. Well, well, Elizabeth, now those posts have been deleted and we haven't heard from him. And we also haven't heard from the family. So a lot of a lot of silence right now. I'm sure they're dealing with a lot. Elizabeth Pran, thank you. That, yeah, that that is that is a good question. Uh, that that is a good question. Uh, that one day you have Carly's boyfriend. First up at five, a story you. They're they're posting. You know he's posting on social media. Uh, he's very concerned, and then all of a sudden he deleted all of the tweets. And we have not heard, you know, anything from from him. Um, we have no idea, you know, what led to that, you know, you know, at all. That you're one moment that he was standing behind Carly, and all of a sudden he deleted, you know, all his posts on social media, and just like, just, and like, you know, nothing, you know, nothing. Um, again, I'm not going to speculate as to, you know, what happened. Um, but one of the things I'm really concerned about. Is that how this going to affect uh, how this going to affect missing person cases 
in the future. Um, I think I should have one more video from News Nation uh, that talks about that. Um, uh, so we're going to get into that. Joining me now again is Eric Guster, an attorney based in Alabama where Carly Russell went missing. He's been following this story closely. Thanks for coming back on the program. Appreciate it. Um, so what do you make of the comments by those various women on social media talking about you know, what a setback this is for people who do want to put missing black people, black women front and center when needed? The fight for equality is an ongoing fight, man, and so many of us want to be treated equally in all aspects. And those women are right. There is a deep fear, including in myself, that when someone is really missing, that the same type of effort and is, is put into place for that people remember long-term things like this. People remember someone who lied. People remember someone who deceived, and the next time that it, that it actually happens, that a person is truly missing, there will be a level of doubt, even subconsciously, of the people who may be investigated. And there were racial sensitivities here, right? I mean, the allegation that she made was that it was a, a white person who abducted her, correct? Yeah, she made the allegation that it was a white man with orange hair and a bald spot, and a woman she couldn't identify the race. It was... That was the weirdest press conference I've ever seen in my life. Uh, just the details that came out that of, the, of what she said. And even to this day, right now, she has not come forward. She has not talked to police and she's not cooperated. So it's very bizarre. But if you were her lawyer at this point, you'd probably be telling her not to talk, right? I mean, as a lawyer. As a lawyer, you tell her not to talk. But you also have the right to have representatives. Yeah. I've had clients that I have said, I will do the talking for you because what I say can be held and can be used against you. I can tell the public you're sorry for what you did. I can tell the police we're sorry for what happened and go and try to work. That's right. You're e-signing. I don't know what to do with this feeling. They do. All hands meeting! Listen up! You've been drowning in paperwork. Not in today! Yeah, I, I, I could see at this point that I, I could see at this point that uh, she's definitely going to need an attorney because I, I would think that, you know, that even uh, or something out where you won't have to serve jail time and you can do community service and won't be really punished with a hammer on you, but they have done nothing. insist she was abducted so yeah. several of facebook posts and tv tv commentary it's so bizarre eric guster thanks for coming back appreciate it and um and addressing this addressing some of the things that was mentioned in this video uh you know and i think that if it was confirmed that kaylee did fabricated the whole thing it's going to have negative consequences uh, when another story comes out 
that a person is missing, particularly in African-American women. And people are probably subconsciously, as attorney Eric Guster has said, subconsciously, you know, they're going to have, you know, some doubts. But I think that there are going to be people out there that says, you know, if another person dismissed, you know, uh, is missing, you know, hey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to volunteer my time. I'm going to volunteer my services. I don't think that you're going to have, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not going to, you know, help find this person. What are their lying to? I don't think that that's going to happen, but you are going to have some people that are going to have doubts, uh, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. Uh, that's just reality. I don't, we can, you know, escape that. Uh, we, we already know for a fact that, that when, uh, a black woman gets, uh, you know, end up being missing, that they don't receive a lot of coverage as if a white woman does. We, we know that already. Uh, I've seen time and time again to where, uh, you know, white women get missing and they don't receive the amount of coverage that uh, this case has, you know, received. Uh, I'll leave that to your own judgment as to, you know, why, you know, that is the case, but it's kind of obvious, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious. And uh, Eric Guster said to himself that, you know, race basically plays in every aspect of our society and that some people are more privileged than others when it comes to uh, the majority of the things that we have to deal with every day, you know, even, you know, the type of services, you know, that we get, for example, say that a loved one comes up, you know, miss, you know, we've seen in the past that, you know, both, you know, cases, you know, a white woman versus a black woman being treated, you know, differently, whereas one, you know, gets national coverage and another does not hardly get little to no coverage, you know, at all. So yeah, I get that. Uh, but Hoover PD did say that, you know, if another black woman was missing, you know, comes up missing, they would do it all over again. They would put out the four resources. Uh, those of you who's watching the press conference on TV, you heard it for yourself. Um, uh, but, you know, seeing is, is belief. Um, Seeing is believing, you know, I wish it wasn't the case. I wish everyone, you know, there are missing, which, you know, they are remission that over 500,000 people, you know, have been missing in, in recent time. Uh, but a lot of them does not get the, the full coverage as obviously you see here. Uh, and keep and keeping it up with that. Um, I'm going to turn to a local article, you know, here uh, in which attorney Eric Guster, he goes into a deeper analysis, you know, of this case. Um, I think video is going to pop up or we're prop, I think video is going to pop up here or um, I'll just read to you uh, 
what this article is talking about. Okay, oh, there we go. Um, okay, so this is from, okay, so this is from WVTM uh, uh, 13, and I don't see a date. When he, okay, uh, this was actually updated as of uh, 1224 p.m. Central Daylight Time on today. Scarlett Russell case has caught the attention of the nation for the last week. It was a week ago she vanished on I-459. Carly telling police she stopped to help a child on the side of the road, and then she was kidnapped. She would escape days later in West Hoover. Carly says she ran through the woods until she made it back home. That was late Saturday night. Hoover police do not believe the child was on the side of the road at any point. Carly's call was the only report they received last week. So what's next? WBTM 13's Lisa Crane has been following this story closely for the past week. And she joins us live again in Hoover this evening uh, with an interesting perspective tonight. So, you know, I wanted to give you a national perspective and a local, you know, perspective. And you can kind of weigh in to see if uh, both perspectives, both the local and the national are aligned with one another. Um, so, I mean, so far it appears, so, so far it appears to me that uh, both perspectives are on the same plane of alignment. It's about everything that we know so far. Yeah, so many shocking details came out of that press conference yesterday. It was a lot to process, but we know police are still investigating this. So this was actually, uh, so this was actually taped on Thursday you know, as indicated uh, what the reporter here is saying, uh, the press conference, yesterday's press conference, which indicated that this video uh, was uh, recorded and presented on Thursday, uh, July 9th, uh, Thursday, July 20th. Okay, they did tell us yesterday they really couldn't corroborate any of the details Carly Russell had given them. We spoke to a Birmingham attorney today to get his take on it. And normally, like I said earlier, is that, you know, anytime that you have tips that are coming in, um, the uh, police investigators will, they will check out that tip for validity and, and relevance. Does not matter how big or how small it is, they check everything out. So nothing, so when it comes to an investigation like this, nothing is off limits. Guster spent years as a criminal defense attorney. He says, like the rest of the country, he was pulled into the Carly Russell case. He says, while police didn't come out and say it at the press conference, the message was clear. She said she was kidnapped and the kidnapping didn't happen. Our citizens are safe. There's not a kidnapper out there. So they use every... So my for you, though, that this is uh, Eric Guster's analysis of the case. And it has not been obvious, it has not been confirmed officially by the Hoover the Police Department. Just want to throw that disclaimer out there. You know, in case someone said, uh, you know, uh, Eric, what Eric is saying, Mr. Gutter is saying is true, is it not true? Um, you know, he's an analyst. 
that's what analysts, you know, do. And so we have to wait until it, it's official. But, but let's be clear, the evidence is out there to suggest that it could very, may very well head into that direction. Uh, but we won't know it's for sure until we hear more from Hoover PD. Almost synonym for lie, except saying she lied. The search for Carly wasted the time and money of law enforcement and concerned community members. The father of murder victim, Anaya Blanchard, wrote about it on his Facebook page, saying his wounds had been reopened and it wasn't okay to bring his family into the search. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because uh, uh, Anaya uh, Blanchard's mother, Angela Harris, uh, uh, released a statement on, uh, I think it was on TikTok or YouTube or something like that. We'll play that. Uh, 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 but yeah, but you know, sometimes when you have uh, cases like this and you have, you know, a loved one who, you know, you have someone who has a loved one that goes through this, it, it, it does trigger or re-trigger a lot of emotions. You know, and me personally, I don't think that I, you know, it would take an ever ounce of strength to say, okay, uh, even though that the person that I love is gone, you know, I'm going to help find somebody else so it, it won't happen, you know, to them. You do have people, you know, they're like that. Like, for example, let's say that you lost a loved one to gun violence. Um, those folks would be your greatest advocates. Uh, so I commend Angela for being an advocate uh, for human trafficking, abduction, and all those things, because it really shows uh, you know, her empathetic and caring uh, you know, nature, even though uh, you know, she's, you know, even though she her daughter experienced it and then come back. You know, I, I think some people would probably, you know, want to, you know, to do that. But again, um, if you've ever been in a situation like this or you lost someone to gun violence or you've been directly affected by a traumatic event, I believe that those folks would be your greatest advocates, you know, in the you know, fight uh, uh, to address those issues. Imagine going and searching for someone and they're off doing something else and they're never in danger. And you're thinking about saving this person's daughter and yours was not saved. Beyond angry, super livid, that would be me. Guster says he worries this case could affect future missing persons cases. It's going to be much more difficult for. And it may actually decrease the number of actual reports of things because people are already afraid that they won't be believed. He says right now Carly needs an attorney to advise and, and, and he's right. Uh, and he's right about that, uh, simply because uh, we're dealing with a lot of superficial judgment, judgmental people. Uh, they, they obviously, you know, going to have doubts. They're going to have questions. Some of them are, are, are relevant. Some of them are not. Some of them are legitimate. Some of them, you know, are not. Uh, but overall, and I've seen for myself how uh, superficial, how judgmental people can be, um, and. You know, we already started to see, if not already, people throwing rocks at her, you, you know, already. Now, 
if it's turned out the way that I hope it didn't turn out, should she should be accountable? Absolutely. She should absolutely be held accountable for her actions. But I always believe that after a person is being rebuked or corrected or being held accountable, that person should be restored. And even that, because people can't change it, even at that, we're, we're constantly reminded of the bad stuff that we do more so than the good stuff that we do. And that can't be good. You know, you know that can't be good. Let's say that the, the, the person has served their time you know, they're remorseful, they're sorry, you know, all those things. Some of us would just bring that back up. Something to remind, I remember you used to do this, I remember you used to do that. You're not even giving that person time to be, you know, restored. Now that I do not condone. I do not condone the fact that, that people are throwing stones, you know, at her, regardless of what happened here. I do not agree with that. But what I do agree is, is that there needs to be a balance between accountability and restoration. There needs to be a balance between rebuking and correcting someone and then offering grace and mercy. That's just me. Um, this is on Facebook Live, so you can tell me what you think about that and anything else that I have said. It's her on how to respond to police. If I was Carly's attorney, I would speak for her. I would not allow her to speak to because anything she says can and will be used against her. I would speak for her. I would go to the mayor. I would go to the police chief and figure out if there's something we can and, and, and I definitely agree with that. I think at this point that Carly would definitely need an attorney at this point. Um, because the more that she opens her mouth on her own, whatever she said can and will be used against her in a court of law and not necessarily uh, and not necessarily an attorney. If attorney has said something, it may not be the case. But if she goes out on her own and says something, then pretty much what she, you know, she can really, really incriminate herself. And anything that her parents, you, you know, say, and if the story didn't check out, then they're going to be looking at the parents you know, as well, and they need to be watching, you know, what they say as well, because they could be very well say something and incriminate Carly at the same time. So yeah, I agree. Um, at this point, Carly definitely needs an attorney. And so, which uh, the good news is, is that according to Hoover Police, there is no immediate threat to the public. So that part, we don't have uh, to worry about. Um, I do have an article here. Uh, in, 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 several of, in several of the articles that, uh, that I uh, you know, read, and you probably you heard it for yourself, that, uh, that Hoover PD said that, um, you know, they, they got some strange stuff that, that that's coming out of this uh out of this press conference. So let's go and discover what are the five strange things that came from a Hoover Police press conference. And again, we're not gonna go through the press conference again. If you want to actually watch it, you can go back 
at the time and watch it. But we're going to go through the five strange things that came from uh, that press conference. Number one, she said she was kidnapped, fed, photographed, and escaped in walking distance of her home. That's number one. This, this, this is what she told uh, police. She described the guy, uh, you know, as a white man with orange hair in a bald spot that emerged from the trees near I-459 and pulled her into an 18-wheeler into the embankment at mile market 11 near exit 10. And that she was blindfolded She was not, uh, you know, her wrist was not obstructed. She does not remember any type of physical or sexual contact, uh, you know, with the kidnappers that the woman that she couldn't identify played with her hair, you know, those things. That's the first thing that uh, the police found strange. Number two, she had $107 in her sock. Uh, we don't know exactly where that came from. Um, it was alleged that uh, she had uh, concealed the money from her place of business as indicated by the Google search, how do you steal money and get away with it? Uh, they're not able to speak to her, you know, on that, you know, at one time, but uh, they did say they found, you know, that's strange. Number three, a stolen roll toilet paper and missing cheeses. The night she vanished, surveillance video from the spa where she worked at showed that Russell concealed a dark color roll, a roll of toilet paper and other items belonging to the business prior to her departure. Russell then ordered food from Zakaki's at the Colonnades and after picking that up, went to Target on US Highway 280 where she purchased Lunota bars, uh, cheesy crackers, snacks, and a drink. Um, police found that to be strange as well. Okay, number four, she searched how to pay for Amber Alert, uh, looked up the price for a one-way ticket from Birmingham to Nashville, and had also uh, uh, tweeted the movie Take is starring Liam uh, Nielsen. You probably remember him from uh, the theatrical release of the uh, A-Team's story about you know, him trying to uh, recover his child from an abduction. So according to this press conference, two days later before Russell disappeared, the term, do you have to pay for the Amber Alert was searched. The day of her disappearance, the term, how do you take money from cash register without getting caught on the a Q&A uh, platform called Rigid, 
was searched. That same day, the term Birmingham bus station was searched. Then a search for a one-way bus ticket from Nash Birmingham to Nashville was conducted. And then finally, she was searching the movie Taken. There was also two searches related to Amber Alerts on a computer at the spa, including one regarding the maximum age for an Amber Alert. So all of these searches that we're seeing, you know, was on a work computer. So it's not like your own private computer. It's a, you know, it's 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 your it's a computer at a place of of business, which more than likely is a public computer. And anytime that uh, something of this caliber, it, you know, happens, police can go in, you know, they can get a warrant and they can go in and they can search for anything that they want. So I can imagine that they went in and, and uh, had a warrant and um, looked at the computers, look at the surveillance video, and that's what they found uh, here. So that's the fourth thing. And then finally, the the fifth strangest thing that the police have uncovered was Russell drove the length of six football fields, 600 yards, which is equivalent to about a third of a mile. Russell reported uh, that a, there was a toddler that was walking six football fields or 600 yards or a third of a mile, you know, on the interstate in which the police have found no evidence of a child being on I-459. The data on Russ's phone, um, which includes uh, an app called uh, Life360 shows that she has traveled approximately 600 yards in her car while she was on the phone with 911. Uh, police chief pointed out that Russell drove the length of six football fields or one third of a mile while making uh, calls about spying the child. Uh, this is what she reported. You know, and then she says, uh, so she, he found it very strange that you have a barefoot toddler to be three or four years old uh, traveling six football fields without getting midway, you know, and crying, you know, just moving on. I, I think that if there was, you know, a 911 call in that instance that you will probably hear the child, you know, crying and screaming and what have you, because they'll be extremely scared. So those are, the five things that the police found strange. And then this happened. The place of business that Carly Russell worked at before she disappeared made a statement. All right, John, thank you very much. Now, this afternoon, Carly Russell's employer, Woodhouse Spa Birmingham, released a statement about her disappearance. Now, they say the owner, C. Stewart Rome, says in part, their greatest concern has always been Carly's well-being and safe return. Also, that if And that was everybody's concern 
and that was everybody's concern as well. So, I mean, everybody is not cold and heartless. For the most part, the majority of the people uh, that invested their time and resources were genuinely concerned and they was willing to help in any way that they can. And they wanted to see her home safe and sound. Employees were deeply impacted by what happened and are ecstatic with the news of Carly's return home. And as they should be, uh, and as they should be, if you are, if your coworkers are connected like that and you have someone, uh, you know, traumatized in that way or they disappeared in some way, of course you're going to be, you know, concerned. I mean, I hope that that is a natural instinct for someone, you know, you know, where your employees are so close, when something happens to one employee, everybody is affected. I hope that that's, you know, I hope that is the truth in other cases. Rome also said they understand the investigation is sensitive and they don't want to release any details that could jeopardize that and that leaks, both true and untrue, can have a devastating impact. Now, most of the questions. Yeah, check out, uh, check out Facebook. <laughs> And you see what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got some stuff that is actually legitimate to some outrageous stuff. And I agree, sometimes that would have a devastating effect on the investigation. So please, y'all, watch what y'all say. Questions we're hearing from the community here can be answered eventually by Hoover Police, and we hope to hear from them soon. Live in Hoover, Lisa Crane, WVTM 13. Um, since, uh, since that statement, uh, since that statement came out, since that statement, hold on, since that statement came out, uh, she was actually released from her job, you know, when that statement, you know, is made and they're not sure whether or not they're going to, uh, press charges. But if they look at that video surveillance and if I uh, found out that, that, yeah, she has taken stuff from their place of business, more than likely they will press charges. Okay, and then finally, I want to, and then finally, I want to uh, bring this article to your attention. Um, you know, it's about, it's from an influential Birmingham blogger by the name of Donald Watkins. And he has a personal message to the vicarious critics of Carly Russell, which was, which was put out actually this morning. This was actually put out this morning. This is what he said. This personal message to the vicarious critics of Carly Russell. It takes no courage to publicly derate a young, distraught woman whose tragic personal experience is subject more than one's interpretation. And believe me, there are a lot of interpretations out there. There's a lot of speculations out there. There's a lot of theories out there. But if you are doing investigation, you don't take all of that stuff lightly. Every, you know, everything, you know, all things should be taken into consideration. And again, 
they take all of these things and they carefully weigh it against the evidence that they have to see if it has any merit you know, or not. That's how you do a thorough investigation. So nothing is out the window. Moving on, he says, show me some real courage by taking a direct firm and public stand against the present day forces of in your face racism, subjugation, and failed leadership in Alabama. In other words, he's saying, okay, y'all throwing stones at, at Carly, you know, but here's some things that y'all won't even talk about on, on social media. That's pretty much what he said. Here's some of the things that, you know, with Lizzie, how about we talk about the publicly criticized all white uh, 19 judge, 19 appellate judges in the Alabama appellate court system. How about that? You know, where, uh, where only 26% of them are black. Criticize the Confederate flag waving chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. If you are a black lawyer with expertise in litigation, civil and criminal cases, lead the effort to disintegrate Alabama's all white appellate courts. This would tell me whether you have balls or if you are just a talker. Number two, publicly criticize the federal, state, and local officials who fail to force six industrial polluters to clean up the toxic polluters and have been killing hundreds of innocent men, women, and children who live in North Birmingham and the city of Tarrant since 1933. Number three, publicly criticize Walter Coke, which is uh, AKA Bluestone Coke, US Pipe, Alagasco, and all ABC Coke Drumming Company for knowingly polluting the air and ground in North Birmingham and the city of Tarrant since 1933. Number four, publicly criticize the failure of federal, state, and local law enforcement and government agencies to protect the lives of more than 4,000 residents on North Birmingham and Tarrant from a slow, painful death from environmental pollutants in their neighborhoods. Number five, publicly criticized Jefferson County, Alabama Circuit Judge Tamara Johnson, who is shielding the misconduct of the Drummond Company and Bartramingo Law Firm in the Oliver Robinson bribery case from public view for no good and valid reason. While you are at it, Take a close look at Judge Johnson's largest campaign contribution and tell me what they have in common. Number six, publicly criticize Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall and his Republican political allies for continuing to overly, overtly discriminate against Black voters by racially gerrymandering the state's new congressional, congressional redistricting act. Number nine, publicly criticize the complete lack of an economic empowerment agenda for African-Americans in Alabama by federal, state, and local government officials. This is the one of the reasons why Birmingham is dying. I'm gonna have a link here. And okay, number eight. Oh, there's more. Number eight. Um, um, there seems to be a black lash from him for the fact that uh, that black officials 
fought harder than ever before to save Birmingham Southern College, but had ignored all the, but had ignored the historical uh, black colleges and universities in the state of Alabama, particularly Miles College, Alabama State, and Alabama A&M. And he alleged that Birmingham Southern College is one of many entities that the Southern Company, Alabama Power, and all these um, industrial conglomerates reportedly rely upon to suppress the environmental justice right of the residents of North Birmingham and Tarrant. Uh, I think that's something that we need to look into. Number 10, I'm sorry, number nine, publicly criticized U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville for jeopardizing the readiness of America's armed forces with his ignorant political hold on promotions within the top military command and control structure. And finally, publicly criticized Alabama's legendary practice of engaging in the mass incarceration of African-Americans and poor white criminal offenders. This practice amounts to a legal form of modern day slavery. Okay, so these are some valid uh, issues that are not being addressed by the majority. Uh, two weeks from now, we're going to explore those nine stories in full detail two weeks from today on uh, Talk Show Presents. So uh, be sure y'all tune in for that. Let's continue. Carly Russell's critics should have grown some balls and publicly attacked one of the many conditions that is killing the future of African-Americans, poor whites, women, and children in Alabama. In other words, they're saying that there are plenty of things to have backlash on. He doesn't believe that this should be one of He, just, he basically said that instead of throwing stones at Carly, that we should be more concerned you know, about um, important issues such as civil rights, environmental justice, social justice, or constitutional rights in Alabama. For the most part, Carly Russell's critics are spitball throwers and social media pundits. Now, I have to agree with that. There are, uh, I have to agree with that. Some of y'all who've been on uh, social media definitely been throwing stones at her. And at the same time, you also have people on there who are legitimately concerned, legitimately upset, and they want answers. So you have two sides you know, of the coin. You just gotta figure out which one is which. But I see what uh, Mr. Watkins is going with this. The only target they are comfortable uh, enough to publicly attack is a disgruntled young woman who needs our empathy, love, and support at this time. Yes, Carly does need our empathy, love, and support. But if this case turned out to the fact that she lied and fabricated, then at the same time, she needs to be held accountable. Now, I personally believe that you have to have a balance between accountability and grace that there needs that she needs to be held accountable for her actions. 
But we also need to have an opportunity where, you know, okay, you know, you're remorseful, you're sorry, you pay your debt to society, there should be a time for reconciliation and restoration. But some people are, you know, are definitely not, you know, like that. It's kind of like, you know, in the Bible where the Pharisees, there's a story in the Bible where the Pharisees caught this woman in an act of adultery. And I'm they probably manhandled her and dragged her to Jesus. And it was like, well, the law of Moses, this woman has committed an act of adultery. And the law of Moses says, we're the stoner to death. What do you think? So Jesus was like riding on the ground. We don't know what he wrote, not relevant. And then he looked up and said, okay, he who has not sinned, let him cast the first stone. It's, it's kind of like what Mr. Watkins, you know, you know, was saying. You know, instead of we're so inbound on someone else's sin that we're not really concentrating on, you know, our own. It's kind of like we hiding behind this to say, uh, you know, oh, I'm perfect. No, we're not. None of us are. And none of us probably would never be. But again, I, I get his point. But there has to be a balance between, you know, having responsibility for your actions, being accountable, you know, and for us to show empathy, love, and support. And, you know, with so many people angry and disgusted and disappointed, it's going to be difficult, but I think it's going to you know, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to uh, play itself out. Reason why I want to put this article last, you know, is because I um, engaged, not not engaged, but I looked at uh, this particular Facebook uh, group um, with Carly Russell's name on it. And on there, I seen a mismatch of stuff. I've seen where people ask legitimate questions. I've seen where people uh, are just joking. I've seen where people are just throwing stones, you know, at her. I've seen, I've seen a mixed bag of stuff. And I must say that while I applaud, you know, I understand, you know, that people are disgruntled. They're looking for answers. They're like, wait a minute, I thought this happened. And now this has happened. So I really want to know what happened, right? Okay, that's a legitimate concern. But to throw stones at her, you know, and want to make a joke about this. Listen, folks, um, an abduction, a kidnapping, and human trafficking is no laughing matter. We have over 500, we have over 500,000 people missing. You know, it's real, and we want to joke about it. I, I can't condone that. I can't, I cannot condone that. And shame on y'all for whoever is doing it. Y'all need to stop that. If y'all really, if, if y'all really want to help, first of all, keep those comments to yourself. Especially you people that claim to be Christian. And definitely, especially you preachers and pastors who calling yourself preachers and pastors, you going right along, you know, with that mess. I'm calling you out. It is not right. It is definitely not Christ-like. How people are going to distinguish, you know, us as Christians from the world if we continue to do what the world does? How does that separate us 
you know, being Christ-like versus acting like the world. You know, it does it because you're going right along, you know, with what they, you know, what they're doing. And I am calling you out. You need to repent. You need to repent and ask God for forgiveness and stop doing that. You know, I don't care if you have to stay off of social media. Stop doing that. This is not Christ-like. It's definitely not moral. You know, and I, you know, and I doubt whatever you're doing is ethical anyway. So y'all need to watch yourself. I do not, you know, condone it. I would not engage in any of those type of, you know, things that y'all doing on social media. Y'all need to stop it. If y'all really concerned, you know, about what's going on, let the police and investigators do their job. And when they get that information, make sure you turn to your, your local uh, TV or radio station where you can get answers. If you really want to wait, if you really want answers, you know, to your questions, wait it out. That's what I'm doing. That's why I have not been commenting. I have not, that's why I have not been commenting on, you know, Facebook, you know, about this, because I didn't want to get caught up in that, you know, that web uh, uh, of joking around and throwing stones and passing judgment. I don't want to be involved you know, with that. So that's why I have not confident. And that's why I'm coming to you, you know, to present the facts as it was presented to us already so that people can get an understanding of what happened. Now in conclusion, what's going to happen from this point? Well, we know that the Hoover police investigation is ongoing. At this time, we do not have any new details, you know, in the investigation. As soon as we have them, we was we will report it. But until then, I think hopefully that this is enough, you know, information for you, you know, to go by. You may have questions, you may have concerns. So we all just have to, you know, to you know to wait it out. Um, and there has been some theories and some speculations that are going on. Like I said earlier, nothing is off limits, and I think everything should be taken into consideration. And so, you know, with that, um, we're going to end right here. Um, I hope that uh, this was a lengthy uh, podcast here, but I think that under the circumstances and reporting that has come out, and I think it was necessary uh, for us to be here this long so that you can like, get caught up and up to date as to, you know, what has happened. And please feel free to post your, your questions and comments on Facebook, and I would address them as see fit. Um, but again, I'm not being involved in throwing stones and passing judgment and responding to jokes and memes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm strictly going to stay with the facts. Um, you know, I'm going to be gracious and merciful and empathetic as I possibly can. But I'm like the rest of y'all, I'm looking for answers too. And so I'm waiting to see when we get those answers. So um, please comment, ask your questions, um, how well of a job I have done, what some things I have missed out. Uh, you know, let me know and I'll respond appropriately. 
Well, this is Keith Williams, and I hope that um, you have been informed and up to date as to what happened. When we get more information, we will do a follow up. Until then, we just play the waiting game. Until next time, uh, I. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to tune, uh, you know, in uh, next week. We got another great show for you. Uh, we will be talking about. Uh, there's another storyline that's coming up. Um, dealing with uh, the Alabama Congressional Map Redistricting uh, Plan. We'll be talking about that next week and um, get you caught up to date on that. And then um, the week after that, we're going to be revisiting that article of Donald Watkins, and we're going to explore those nine or 10 things that we should be more concerned about instead of throwing stones at Carver. Uh, that would be two weeks from now. So we got a lot of things to talk about. I hope that you will, uh, you know, continue to follow us on Facebook at the at www.facebook.com/slash Australia Broadcast Section, where you can keep up to date with all of the latest news and happenings. They're making headlines. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend.